Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 4th of December 2016. I'm your host Dan Train, joining me today, Zachary Burgess. On this slowly dying microphone. And Robert Kemp. Uh, yeah, I probably have to concede it is actually dying. If two machines can't get its name right, then... <laughs> Although that's a very weird thing. Yeah. It's like the, somehow the USB connection is fucking up the device name recognition. <laughs> So it's a weird error to have, isn't it? Like something in the electronics of the mic itself is going awry. How long have we had that? It's a USB mic, right? It's one of those blue snowball mics. It is a blue snowball, yeah. It's lasted, what, four years of the seven we've been doing this? Yeah. It might be more than that. Maybe more, five, yeah. Five years. <laughs> I mean, it's a decent run, but you'd think it'd last a bit longer. Yeah. Well, it's nearly Christmas. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe you could upgrade to a Yeti. <laughs> what a, I, I'm, I'm not uh, au fait with the world of microphones, despite I I, us running a podcast for this long. I, <laughs> neither, neither am I, but I know that the Blue Range has the Snowball and the Yeti, and I think the Yeti is the better one. Ah, okay. Yes, that makes sense. Because my, <laughs> my friend uses one for podcasts, but I don't know if it's more suited to just like a one-person record rather than a stereo yeah, field. Although I think it has a stereo mode, so you might actually be able to get like an actual stereo channel effect from the two of you sitting side by side. Okay. And I think it even has, not that this would be useful for us, but I think it even has a mode where it records either side of a mic. So if you're either side of a table doing an interview, you can record stereo. That'd be neat. That'd yeah. be neat. Yeah. yeah. I, the, only, the only thing for us is how it deals with room echo, because mm. the blue does a pretty good job, but it does a better job the closer the mic gets to your face. Of course. So, uh, yeah, it needs to work at this sort of weird two-foot distance that we have. <laughs> and it. also, like, with our compensating for, for me being loud sometimes. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, do, we do sort of position the mic subtly more on my side. Because ah. <laughs> when when Zach gets loud, he gets really loud. Like his A's in particular, that ah noise or his laugh, like uh, are what are what sets off the charts. Oh, when I just fucking cough. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Although yes. I might be joining you today, I've I've been a bit encoldened. Oh no! And I've had most annoying shoulder strain all week. It's like I've had oh, ones before. That. It's been more like crippling, mm. but this one that hasn't been crippling. It's just been like annoying. It's like it's not even really painful. It's just like you can feel it's there, and it hasn't mm. been inconveniencing me in any way. But the trouble is, it's stuck around for this entire week because the exact muscle that it is, or somewhere on, on like under my shoulder blade on my back, only gets actually like used or like stretched, I guess, when I'm about to sneeze. So yeah. every day I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm finally going to be free of this, and then I just sneeze once, and it comes back. <laughs> And it's like, fuck. The sneezing <laughs> muscle. Got muscle. Or, or you get the doubly, doubly annoying one where I start to, like I'm about to sneeze, I breathe in, the muscle extends, sprains itself, and the stab of pain causes me to abort the sneeze, and then I get like an aborted <laughs> sneeze as well. <laughs> it's like, abort. fuck this. <laughs> abort the sneeze. <laughs> Does that work? If you're about to sneeze, can you like stab yourself and uh, stop yourself <laughs> sneezing? That's probably not a good idea. One of it, yeah. yeah, just overrides the uh, the stimulus. Like it just like pain will always beat sneeze. Yeah, probably. 
mm. very annoying. But then, never, like, if, but then you ever had one of those painful sneezes where it hurts mid-sneeze? It's like the, that, that doesn't just suddenly cut, does it? You, you have to go through the sneeze at that point, and you're like, ah! <laughs> I don't know if I've had one of those. Like, a, you know the sneeze is going to be painful, and you have to go through with that anyway, and then it's a painful sneeze. It's like where... It's hard shoulder. to describe. It's like, it's, well, yeah, it's like where it strains, like, a back muscle or something, or... um, Like... I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, it might it might kick off my like. I occasionally get a bit of a bad back and like coughing and mm. sneezing can actually sort of just you know you sort of tense up when you do it. Yep. Sure, and uh, that can just just mess with that royally. So like when you sneeze and it's like this is going to be bad on my back, and then you're like you can't help it, and you're like achoo, and you're in that sort of phase, and then, and then everything goes to hell. The but because phase. the sneeze, yeah, but <laughs> sneeze. not the ah. Uh, or the sniffle, or the intake of breath. No, you're just at the start of the chew. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then everything hurts like hell. But at that point, you've, you've pulled the trigger, right? There's no going back. <laughs> no, by the time you're chewing, that's it. <laughs> Sneezes happening. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, you're eating everything. I'm chewing. Professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal it's for radio. <laughs> Ideal food for radio. <laughs> it's, still, it's still warm. I've got to have it. Oh, oh. <laughs> they're very light brownies. I have a random correction. A correction that's appropriate for the random section. Because it was something that I said previously in the random section. You actually remember something we said previously? Yep, I sure do. Mm, all right. <laughs> we so do, we, do we care about accuracy in this section of the podcast? <laughs> Not really. I just thought it was funny. All right. <laughs> it turns out. The football team of Needham Market did not reach the second round of the FA Cup. They reached the second round of the FA Trophy, which is, of course, the FA Cup for the shit teams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I didn't know. I thought, I thought the FA Cup was for everyone. No. Uh. <laughs> the FA Cup cuts off at, like, the first dumb-named division. I think the right. Needham team is in, like, one of the stupid Ryman leagues or whatever the hell those are called. Right. What? Oh, is that what the station is? Ryman the Stationers? What were they called Ryman Leagues? What? Yeah, I don't know what the probably. company is that sponsors it. Sponsors it. It's like Ryman Construction or something. I don't, I don't actually know what the dumb sponsor for the shit leagues is. Hmm, weird. And of course, they immediately got eliminated in the second round. Naturally. So you, know. so you can't be a super shit team and like play amazingly and like beat Arsenal and win the FA Cup. Because you well, I don't know if there's like good. some crossover where like some of the high-ranked people in the trophy move to the cup or something. It'd be really hilarious if that was your first round draw, though, wouldn't it? Need a market versus Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that wouldn't work at all, would it? <laughs> That'd be funny to watch, though. Although they just oh, send yeah. their like E team or something, and it would be boring. Mm. Yeah, they send all the trainees that have never played before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there'd be an upset. Oh no! Need <laughs> <laughs> Margaret's beating us. Oh, we, we got a goal. We got a goal. We're one 0 up at half time. Oh no, we're nine one down. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's usually what happens with the shit teams. Yeah. They do okay at the start, and then it just they all just have energy. They get tired. Yeah, it's like in computer games. <laughs> it's like Brazil in the World Cup. <laughs> Don't mash that run button. Although you always mash the run button. <laughs> Are you even meant to mash the run button? Who I don't knows? know. Yeah, supposed to hold the we run don't button. actually know what the controls are. Uh, where was the last time we played FIFA? 
like seriously well not seriously but as a game what's it like yeah zach and i semi well no, i wouldn't say semi seriously but we played it with like in stupid conditions like you know three or four player on one team versus the ai and we're still terrible in, in that. and actually we're probably worse doing that than if only one of us was playing um, maybe but yeah we, we, we occasionally go back to that on fifa 14 i think it is is the one 14. i because 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 my xbox came with it um, oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so so I I have a copy of that. We we occasionally go back to pretending to be Vince McMahon, manager of Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> FIFA must look amazing by now. Not, it, oh, I don't know. I don't know. At least 14, from the zoomed 14, out view. Yeah, fourteen didn't look that. I mean, it was a step up for sure. Like there was proper grass and stuff now. Like, and some, right. some, but the animation was still a bit janky, and some of the right. close-ups weren't so weren't so good. But I think. Yeah, the thing is, is I never actually see the game running for realsies. I always see like the bull shots that EA put out at their press conferences. Right. Yeah. I guess um, they're switching to frostbite, aren't they? So. Uh, yeah, w- uh, they might have done that this year. I think was it FIFA seventeen might be the first one running yeah, in frostbite. Be. Yeah. So you would you would think by now it looks hot. Pretty good, right? Because frostbite, everything in frostbite looks hot. Yeah. What was the game we played? Road to the World Cup '98. Yeah, <laughs> which had like Street five, 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 five on five. What's it called? Five. Did it have, did it have Street Soccer in it? I, I thought it did. I don't think we ever played it. If it did, huh. yeah. What's we'll it called? Five we'll Aside. That's the stupid name. We'll have, to, we'll have to go and dig that game out at some point. Yeah, I, I can't remember. But that was even like the prologue game to the actual World Cup game, I presume. Road to the World I don't Cup. know. That might have just been like release timing. Yeah, no, no. FIFA, FIFA, Ro- yeah, FIFA Road to World Cup was before World Cup '98. Yeah, they for some reason put two out that year, and World Cup '98 yeah. was like a a really small version of the game because it was only focused on the World Cup. But yeah. Road to World Cup actually had all, all of the the like uh, you know country. all the shippies. <laughs> yeah, well, not all the but all the all the um, not 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 national more than the national teams. You know, like the the town teams whatever you want to call them league teams league, league teams there we go that'll do yeah I had those in it as well and I'm not sure wrote what ah. I'm getting all confused with the names I'm not sure World Cup 98 actually had any of that anyway stuff. this is literally like eight years ago so no, no longer than that wait what are you talking about slightly more than that <laughs> yeah slightly more how long ago? Fucking hell, who cares? It is actually 18 years, yeah. Sorry, let me get it right. <laughs> Dropped a decade I there. Was, was <laughs> it, done. Like, uh, it was the year of Song 2. and Yeah, it was the year of Song well, 2, because that was that game. And Crystal Method was <laughs> in it as well. Yeah, woohoo, for sure. What else is going on, lads? Much happening these two weeks? Zeg? No. You got any house grouse? No, not really. <laughs> Continues. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the kitchen is still happening. Gradually. I was fooled into thinking there was no wheat of this morning. Fooled? <laughs> what? Why what? The kitchen? <laughs> well, because they've been working on the kitchen, we've put, been put, taking the breakfast equipment upstairs every morning <laughs> so it didn't get sawdust all over it, basically. <laughs> So we've been basically making breakfast and cups of tea upstairs. Mm. Oh. And they forgot to take they only forgot to take the wheat of it downstairs. <laughs> so I looked in the cup I looked in the cup in like the bread bin and there was no bread and I was like, oh shit, I'll have to have some wheat mix. But I looked at the cup and it's like there's no wheat mix. I'm sure there was some wheat mix left. And then mm. I 
made something else. Like I got some bread out of the freezer and toasted it so it wasn't frozen. And then I was like, hang on a minute. And then I went back upstairs and like, the wheat mix is just sitting here on a shelf <laughs> in a bedroom. <laughs> this is an amazing story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> got that wheat mix. The tail of the bedroom wheat mix. Wasn't it more convenient for you being able to make tea upstairs, not having to go down I mean, to the sort kitchen? of arguably. Like, the table in that bedroom is, like, too low, which makes it kind of inconvenient if you want to spread butter on a piece of bread or anything. Which bedroom you is it? You have to lean over. Bedroom. Uh, yeah, the front bedroom. And then the kettle barely fits in the bathroom sink, so <laughs> makes it quite, kind of difficult to get water into it. Right, yeah. Unless you want to lean over the bath. No. Which is also not great either. Something about having a bath coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something weird about that. It's not really appealing. No. I mean, it's I know not it's like you use bath water, but still. But no, no, but the, the tap's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. It's the classic question of like, when you when you fill up a cup of water from the bathroom and then drink it, maybe in the morning when you're brushing your teeth. It definitely tastes different, it but it's it. not. It's just fucking water. <laughs> Maybe there's something in the taps. I well, never it, drink out like... of it. I'm definitely like superstitious about that. I only ever drink mm. from the kitchen tap. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, same here. But it's definitely weird in our house because our, our faucets upstairs have like <laughs> faucet um, faucet have like um, Americans. They sort of aerate. They air. They sort of bubble the water. It's, sure. like, it's not just. It doesn't just come out. It's like it's like your taps down here used to do that as well. Until you had to replace your whole thing. <laughs> well, sure, so. yeah, but it does. It does make a difference, like to to how the water ends up tasting. But that can't be the main thing. No, maybe not. Maybe it's just a lot of pipe to get more pipe to get to the get to the upstairs taps. I don't know. In reality, it's just that it's just that thin layer of shit that's over everything in bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think the about that too much. Go, the water doesn't go anywhere near the thin layer <laughs> of poo particles. Goes into the cup before you put water in it. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> like the atmosphere, the like literally the air in the bathroom is like floating bits of feces or something. That's why it <laughs> smells after you've gone to the toilet. All that shit in the air. Imagine <laughs> that. And then when you come in like, after thirty like minutes and it doesn't smell like that any longer, where do you think that's all gone? <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's settled, I guess. It's not. It's not like particles of poo, is it? It's like ammonia or something, like gases and stuff. Well, Doesn't actually like, mean, like methane yeah. and stuff. But yeah, methane. Yeah, There's def- no, definitely shit particles happening. It's got the tiny, tiny, the tiniest of particles, like water vapor. It must be like poo vapor. <laughs> <laughs> that brown cloud. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing. Everybody's got a little bit of poo in them. Yep. And on them. but it's good for you that's the what (laughs) you know you have to be exposed to bacteria so you know that small amount of shit all over your bathroom is actually fine (laughs) just keeps your immune system active drink poo it's good for you keep you on your toes (laughs) or yeah well you probably got poo on your toes too (laughs) exactly Putos. Good. Bathroom discussion is done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the house grouse for this week. <laughs> Something about I'm, I'm, poo in your wheat picks. I'm going to have to fix a window because the one upstairs doesn't close properly and it's stuck open. So it's and a, your other window that's already broken is just, you, you just can't fixed open. by not ever opening it ever no, again. Just, just don't open it. You're fine. 
yeah stuck open in the winter that's not good yeah it's it's not like open open but it's like in the cracked state that these modern windows can have except it's, sort it's of just breaking in exactly the same way yeah it did, it did. <laughs> the, the sort of arm has a the, the bit that connects the arm to the window is snapped so they don't move in the correct position so yeah the window doesn't swing as it should and um, we only fix the one down here because you could go outside the to shove, shove it back it. in place, yeah. Whereas this one's like second floor, so yeah. Don't no, do no, that no, no shoving. Uh, yeah, and we're out of warranty for all of it, so we're going to have to try and source some new parts somehow or replace the windows. It seems like a terrible idea. Like, I'm not going to do that. Mm, no. Can it not be repaired? Well, we have to find... Uh, someone who can do it. <laughs> yeah, someone who can do it and someone who can get hold of that precise part and hope that it can be replaced. And yeah, I know nothing about windows. Let's put it that way. Mm, Especially, yeah. I mean, they're not just on a hinge anymore. <laughs> no, that's one of the problems. Goddamn modern bullshit again. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the fact is, it's, really, it's irritating because clearly these windows are crap and cheap and they because the two of them have now broken in the same way and it's just like all right now it, what what's the time limit on the rest of these windows <laughs> it's probably time to move <laughs> just burn the house it does seem that way i mean <laughs> gradually you're reaching end of life of your new build house <laughs> yeah don't build them like i used to apparently not And they don't even put flat flooring in. <laughs> <laughs> you think that would be step one? I don't know. I don't know. Step one is probably walls. <laughs> is it? Maybe. Well, no, it's definitely not. But it's but like it's like yeah, it's always quite. Well, no, you, you, yeah, I don't know. But you need foundations that's sure. under the walls. That's not really the floor. Sure, but would it be like when you think of a house, like criteria-wise, like <laughs> top, top priority is probably walls. You might be able to get away with only a roof. Yeah, you just no live under the, <laughs> under the roof. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but then you need sort of walls to hold up the roof. Not if it's just like a triangle and then you cover over the ends with a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to Basically, West Stowe really, at this point? a really hardcore tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've also discovered, um, you know how hauliers tend to have... Um, like, like haulage firms tend to have really stupid names. Yeah, like you know, as they. Well, takes it away. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Oh. I'm thinking more. <laughs> <laughs> I have to visit there. Is that a website? <laughs> I don't know. I just made that bullshit. <laughs> but it's something like that. Like you know, because this all harks back to that one. I, I can't remember if you were in the car. I think it was. I think I probably was. I, think... I already know where you're going. With it, <laughs> exactly. Even though yeah. I don't remember the specifics. I think we were on the way to Fort Park or something, and we just went past a truck that was called Humpet Removals. <laughs> yep. And then, and then had the tag lock, which, which which obviously is fine because uh, in a way, because you, you you know to hump it is to, <laughs> to move something. Yeah. So but then so. That, so sorry to interrupt, but I typed in takeshitaway.com and it said this DNS cannot be found. Did you make take did you mean takeshitter.com? <laughs> so I, I clicked on takeshitter.com and it's a Japanese jacuzzi and unit bathroom site. Take shitter. Oh. Because I don't understand it's a sweat word. <laughs> no, because you're, they you're, said, oh no, it's the word wrong. Takeshita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, sure. a, that might actually I might have walked past that place because if it's on Takeshita <laughs> Street in yeah. in Tokyo, yeah, then the, I was totally there. <laughs> jacuzzi, micro bubble bath, unit bath. Amazing. Although that's like like cute clothing street, so I don't know why they suddenly have jacuzzis. Very nice old toilets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Takeshita. Takeshita. Anyway. Would you like to come to our trial room? <laughs> It's no no bathroom salesman like or sales place. It's like a trial venue, is it? It's like, do you like this, Lou? Do you want to try it? Well, you think they could? Like, if you were in a big enough store that had bathrooms anyway, you'd be yeah, like, you'd like, let's install in. a different yeah. toilet into each of these stalls. Yeah, have a little. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So you like go to like the B and Q, um, like bathroom or whatever if they had one. I'm not sure yeah, they do yeah. for. Yeah, and then like each one is actually this is an advert for our box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking ahead. Just stick a price tag above the, <laughs> yeah. the tank. There you go. <laughs> but then, do you want to take this toilet home? Not this one specifically. But, but then do you think people will think that, that, oh, this is the price to take a poo in this loo? <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, if you want to nab that domain quick sack for your, for your new business, <laughs> uh, takeshitaway.com is, is totally free. <laughs> good. I like that. So anyway, yeah, they hump it removal van. But I think we got to the best bit. The yeah. tagline on this van was "We'll hump anything." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. It's we'll a bit archaic, anything. isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Hump it removal. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I, yeah. So I, um, what, did, what did I come across the other day? There was uh, there's one that didn't make any sense at all. That was definitely a removal firm, but it was called like Net Pink. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that doesn't make a great deal of sense, but we'll let that one slide. And then literally one truck ahead of that was another removal one called Ball Truckers. <laughs> it's just like, oh, right, so these guys only move <laughs> spherical objects. <laughs> we'll truck balls anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Removal firms, you have the best names. Ball Truckers. Random. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm, 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 I'm fulfilling my uh, role for for a week. Yep. Well, uh, I played some board games yesterday. So, board games. Oh, really? Well, not this is, wasn't even a board game. We played um, Secret Hitler, which is more of a parlor yeah. game. Yeah. Pretty good. Recommend. Have you uh, seen that one, Seg? I've heard of it. I don't think I've fully had the rules explained. It's one of those. Like, um, it's one of those open source print your own ones. Um, it's just like Cards Against Humanity in that they're not shipping a, a, a proper one to to the UK yet, so you have to wait or yeah. print your own, just like we did for Cards Against Humanity back in the day. Mm. Yeah, but it's basically like it's very similar to Werewolves, uh, except um, it's probably better because in Werewolves somebody dies every round and they're out of the game, which is kind of lame because you end up with a lot of people not playing. Uh, so mm. that that's right, yeah. improved in this, uh, yeah. The elimination problem is gone. Kind of. <laughs> People can still die, but it's not until really late on. Okay, so they've got long to wait, and by that point, it's like the intrigue is too high. It's like, well, who is it? Yeah, exactly. Who's the secret Hitler, and who are the fascists who are trying to get him elected or her? Yeah, recommend. That's we should, we should probably play one of those like at some point. Like, what was it? Revolution is the other one, or the no? The resistance is the the, the resistance. Yeah, one, that's that's yeah. that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, there's various ones in that style. Yeah, uh, but I there's, I what, there's what there's one about the sort of 
oh, someone has to play as Merlin or something. There's, there's one in sort of sitting that sort of yeah medieval fantasy, fantasy time, time, I suppose. Yeah, times, yeah. yeah. But I think it has a little more rules to it than the Resistance, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we should probably try one of those. Yeah, yeah. I think Secret there was like five to ten players. So um, get a gang together around a table. I did see there was a new um, rival to tabletop simulator called uh, on, on Steam called Tabletopia. Oh, Someone yeah. took, the, took the same concept and made like a, oh, we'll make a next-gen version of it. Um, but they've gone one step further in that like, it's, it has its free version, which, you know, they've made some, some of their own games for it. But they've actually licensed proper game rather than like, I don't know, Tabletop Simulator has the slightly dodgy ground of like people modded it to include licensed games. Yeah. And programmed yeah. it so they sort yeah. of worked or in some yeah. cases or had enough interaction so they worked. This one's gone the legit route and has licensed tons of board games. But can and, you still but, and, put them in like from scanning? Yeah, yeah, but you, you but you need to, but they've, they've gone with a, a subscription model to get access to those. That's weird. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit ones. funny. Yeah. So, oh, like, weird. it's it's. They're, they're like they're like short term subscriptions. So, like, in, well, it in it makes in, sense for like you only want to play this game today. Yeah. <laughs> so you could sit down and get yourself like a week license. Might be the smallest. I can't remember. And then you, uh, yeah, everyone just sits down, plays the game, and then you can be done with it. Which, but I don't know what the, those prices are because I think you have to dig into it a little bit because they weren't exposed on Steam, obviously. Right. But, um, but yeah, interesting model. The online board game play apparently it handles things like uh, having a hand of cards, for instance. That that you know, simple things you'd think were fairly simple that tabletop simulator doesn't really deal with because everything has to be on a table right. in that. Or yeah, well, tabletop simulator sort of deals with it by letting you just like create an invisible zone on the top of the table. Oh uh, right, okay, <laughs> right. So that's probably how it handles it. Well, this has like a UI overlay for them just sitting in your hand and right. things, and so. Yeah, it looked like there are probably some mechanical improvements, but yeah, that that subscription model is a bit of a bit of a weird one. Especially if it doesn't like like it would be great if it just let you like do the subscription if you want, but then just outright buy games as well. Mm. So it's like, no, no, this game's really good. We might do this again. Let's just buy it and uh, and then we own it and stuff like that. But you know, well played on them. Apparently, they have like three hundred licensed games or something in this thing right now. That's growing. Mm. Uh, already so you know fair play for them for going the legit route and doing quite a lot is it, uh, to put them all in sounds cool if we ever want to do some kind of weird real life happy sound board game video we, I was looking at when I was making tea in that bedroom where all the stuff is <laughs> there's there's all like the really old board games that we inherited from my grandma and it's just like oh man, those are funny I've only, I only ever played like one or two of them because I was too young to understand most of them, probably. <laughs> like, what, what are we talking? Do you remember where any of them are? Uh, well, I can tell you the names, but I still don't know what they are. Okay. So, right. definitely help. There's definitely one called Twisty Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> There's something about hat stacking. I don't, re- I don't remember what that one was called exactly. Oh, we have to play that. <laughs> I bet it's not as cool as it sounds. No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> The one that I do remember that I played I... fucking tons was Nile, because Nile's a classic. Oh, I don't know that one either. It's basically one of those things where you just have to make... you Well, it's based on the Nile, of course, but you just have to make a, a wiggly line using the tiles. Mm. And like the more tiles you can play at once, the better. So if you can make a wiggly line that curves in a certain way... So you have to try and 
create curves that only you can play onto next turn, and then other people won't have the right route to get out of yeah, right. that kind of thing. So it's a sort of, in a weird way, uh, Carcassonne, but with more of a hand. Like more tiles in your possession at once. Because Carcassonne, you can sort of play, play stuff where it's like, nope, no one can go there anymore. Haha. <laughs> It's like those the, the hexagon ones with the coloured lines on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except with only one line. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember what that was called, like Tangle or something? Or... Yeah, something like that. Well, I played fucking that, that, I played that Mel game a fucking lot. I don't actually remember anything else about it apart from making the line, because it has a board, and it has like a grid on the board, and I'm like, was there, was there bonus points on these grids, or was it just a board? I don't actually remember. Hmm. Was the grid I'll have to just, look at that one again. Was the grid just helpful? <laughs> A little bit like ticket. Is it a bit like Ticket to Ride in a way? Where like Ticket to Ride obviously has a very fixed board, and it was like ownership of rails was mm. would would you could block people off. I mean, yeah, it's, all, it's, it's a, it, I mean, because it's really old, it just looks more like Scrabble. It's that same slightly beige color to the tiles <laughs> with a black <laughs> line on them. Yeah. Oh, this beer is strong. <laughs> Great. It's um. Um, it's Belgian of some description, I think. But it's, it's well, it, the label here just says, it's nice shoof. <laughs> Whatever that is, it's like an N apostrophe ice shoof. So it's a nice shoof. Nice shoof. But, it, but, it, but the best bit is right here, where it describes itself as a donker winter beer. So it's it's a beer with a banging donk on it. Yep, and it's good for right now. It, well, I guess it's definitely a warmer. <laughs> It's a ten percent. It's quite strong. Woo! This is gonna be a fun podcast. Oh yeah. Should we get into the news? News is a it's quite a bit of news. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. What's going on? So, uh the two things the two the two news stories I have. Thanks to me. Thanks to Zach, because <laughs> he reminded me that stuff was happening in the world of games. Um, I didn't actually look at this because I'm too lazy. No, but he, t- he, t- he told me they exist. <laughs> well, he told me that one of them existed, and then I then I stumbled upon that the other thing existed. So the Game Awards uh, uh, occurred, yeah, yep. and also PSX yeah. occurred, yeah. And I had totally forgotten that PSX was happening. Yeah, me too. Um, and I thought the Game Awards was later in the year because you know who does it at the start of December? People who want Apparently to go home for do. Christmas, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, let's. So trailers. Yeah, a lot of trailers. Some some announcements. Uh, some and you know some awards that we can discuss whether or not we agree with. Uh, so uh, some some of the game awards actually had uh, enough awards that they couldn't present all of them on stage during their allotted time and fit all their adverts in. <laughs> so uh, so there were a few that didn't show up in the show. The ones I sort of caught because I was sort of skipping through some of it. Um, where the, the the best mobile handheld game has gone to Pokemon Go, because I guess it's the only handheld game that mattered this year in yep, some weird much. way. What mobile game or or like does that include the DS? Like what about guess, yeah. Sun and Moon or whatever? Clearly they're better than Go. It depends whether that was past the cutoff point because right. presumably the nominations okay. for this came in before that came out. I would argue. All right. Uh, Best fighting game did not go to Nitro Plus Blasters, Heron's, whatever it's called, Infinite Duel, something, something, despite uh, Jeff Gersman's protestations. <laughs> it went to uh, Street Fighter V, because of course it bloody did, because it's not a strong year for fighters, let's be, let's be honest. 
Um, and I did wonder if like Killer Instinct season three would even count as a nomination, but I guess not. No one really sort of paid much attention to Killer Instinct. Oh, random aside, the guy that did the Doom soundtrack is also the guy that did the Killer Instinct soundtrack, and they're both good. So <laughs> good on that guy, uh, Mick Gordon, I think his name is. But yeah, right. Give it. Uh, a yeah. <laughs> well, skipping ahead. <laughs> yes, he got one. Oh, or doom. Done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best VR game. Res Infinite. Yep. Makes sense. Well, I guess it's the most game game. It's <laughs> yeah, the most, the most VR game, game of VR well, I guess games. Battlezone came out as well, but I bet that I bet that missed the cutoff as well, actually. Battlezone isn't yeah. as much of a game as Res. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> I just bet you move more in Battlezone. <laughs> And the uh, most anticipated award went to Zelda. Uh, fair. Then you get to anticipate it some more because it's not actually going to come out on launch. I did too. Anticipate. <laughs> anticipate. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, on the pre-show stuff, I noticed that they're doing a remaster of Bulletstorm, which is like, oh, someone cares about that game? That's interesting. Not enough to make a sequel, though. No, not enough to make a sequel, no. Even though that game... Ended on a bit of a. We're going <laughs> to do a sequel. Yeah, we're going to do a sequel five, um, and they never did. But they called it the full clip edition, and apparently they've added extra content in the form of the campaign will now have Duke Nukem in it if you want it to. <laughs> okay, this <laughs> is a weird crossover. What? Okay, yeah. that would be interesting if it if it's not. I mean. How well integrated would that be? That's the question. As in, yeah. it's not just the character model; they've got voicing well, and sure, stuff like that. It's will like it's that, full on. Will that actually make a difference to how the story comes oh, through? That would be yeah. funny. Oh, what you mean? So, like, the <laughs> entire... if it's just like now it's Duke Nukem on this spaceship for some reason, and all the crew mates <laughs> doesn't like, like, no, we've got Duke Nukem here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's a, that's a it's a good question. Yeah, would they have gone and re-voiced everyone's reactions to Duke, or is Duke just sort of there? Yeah, that'd be funny. I can't see that being significant, but that would be. Funny. Oh, I hope it's funny. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, the only reason, like, I did, I did think about like rebuying that game at one point because it goes, it turns up on Steam sales every now and then. Mm. But the problem is, is that's one of those games for Windows Live games, <laughs> you know. So there's a there's a big question about whether you'd actually get it to work now if you didn't register it at the time. And it's like, well, this solves that problem, I guess. If I wanted to go back and play it and couldn't be bothered to get the 360 out, then. There we go. There's a, there's an option coming. Cool. That game was cool. Like you might you might not like the tone, uh, and I un- totally understand if people don't. Um, yeah. But 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 the actual gameplay was pretty great. It dared to be different, which is yeah, always absolutely good. didn't yeah. fully succeed always, but you know. No, well, it had interesting weapons, interesting scenarios. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good game. Uh, so the uh, show gets started. And Jeff Keighley makes a bit of a point of, hey, you remember that time we couldn't give an award to someone? So last year, he, remember, uh, uh, Konami wouldn't let Hideo Kojima attend the show while he was still technically under contract. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but he, no, no, so, so Hideo was allowed to go this year. So of Jeff course. made a bit of a big, big deal of going, we're going to give you our industry icon award. Hideo Kojima did a bit of a speech of like, what happened to you was a tragedy. And I'm like, Fuck Konami. Well, yeah, a little bit, but the, like the, 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 
in fairness, like it, yeah, good on him for go, going at it, but like actually the way he said it was it's a bit much. No one's died. Yeah, like, they're making a huge deal about this. I don't know. Like Metal Gear may have died, I suppose. <laughs> so maybe it, we're mourning it, it, it the was, loss of that. It was sort of planned to die, though, wasn't it? It was clearly the last sort of the last game. Five. Maybe. From the way it was well, made, I don't, I don't know about clearly. They, they had to make yeah. a prequel, I suppose. Yeah. Well, there have been quite a few prequels in the series. Yeah. Three was a prequel. Well, yeah, but I mean, after four, you can't really make a sequel, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. So, yeah, I suppose it would have been hard. Um, but yeah, I think I think there were moments during his speech where Hideo, like the camera swapped to Hideo, and he looked uh, looked a little bit uncomfortable about the. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, but he, he ends up getting, getting up on stage and said a lot of thanks and so I love you Jeff actually said that and, do you hear uh, Gilmar but, Del Toro literally said fuck Konami apparently great, great. not not even like <laughs> yeah anyway never mind that's quite funny well, uh, yeah um, well there was some oh, I did see some news about him and Del Toro like they're still doing stuff at some point but yeah whatever um, anyway uh yeah, so he gets up and he does his little thank you, thank you, thank you. And just as he's walking off, he puts his thing, finger in the air and goes, oh, and one more thing. Well, oh. Really obvious that there's always going to be Obvious everything. thing, yeah. Here, come, here comes another Death Stranding trailer. But that's the um, same with every Steve Jobs one more thing. They're always really yeah, 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 yeah. And one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that game continues to look weirder and weirder. I didn't see like, this trailer. What's it? What's uh, it's, so it's... Um, some uh, I don't know. Let's say portly guy in a in a sort of I don't know. I guess office weary sort of jacket ensemble, uh, like carrying a capsule of some kind, sort of at the base of a sewer entrance or something. Sort of just standing against the wall, looking nervous, and uh, okay. then his feet start getting wet, and then some some tanks and soldiers start walking over him. Except the tank is all tentacly. For some reason, and an aircraft goes over with black trail strands behind it. Okay. Strands. And yeah, and then he, after a while, sort of goes, plugs something into the capsule and it becomes transparent and there's a baby inside. <laughs> um, yeah, this sounds like Kojima. And, and then he walks into the tunnel gingerly uh, and then it go, and then the camera goes down the tunnel even further and then you see some dudes flash red for a moment and then come out of this flashing red and they're. Uh, Skeletons, soldiers. Yep. They look like soldiers, but they've got skull faces. Yep, skull of face. And, and then, and then, the, the, this other guy who's not a skull is standing there, looking sort of all menacing. And then, after a while, I sort of look at him and go, "Hey, that looks like that bad guy from Casino Royale." Because uh, it is, and because it, it is, yeah. <laughs> By the time the credits go, it's like, oh, Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen. So okay. this game's getting even more bonkers. They're getting they're getting talent, talent, or well, they stole his face. Yeah, <laughs> in the hope of getting him on board. No, he's gonna. He's <laughs> definitely in it. Yeah. So okay. yeah, that that looks bizarre. At least I mean, I'm in. At least it's but it's I'm definitely yeah. It's definitely Kojima. That's all you can ask, really. With Kojima mm. with a decent budget, which is all you can ask for, really. Well, yeah. Lord knows what that thing is, though. Tentacle tanks. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we've got an award for Best Art Direction and Best Independent Game. It won them both, so they just sort of managed it together. Uh, and that went to Inside, which has been off our radar, to be honest. None of us have mm-hmm. really engaged with that. 
Um, then there was uh, some some trailers. Uh, Telltale are making a game because, of course, they are. <laughs> they are continuously always making a game. Uh, but this time they're they turning their to game. So they're this time they're deal. turning to the Marvel universe. So they've done a bit of DC, and now they're doing Marvel, and they're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy series. Right. Yep. So yep, it will be it will be a Telltale game. It's literally called that as well, Guardians of the Galaxy, a Telltale series. Well, they're all they're all like that now. Yeah, they? they just shove that on there on for no reason. Um, and then we got, oh man, I'm so disappointed in Kyle Bosman. I like I, I like him as an online personality, but uh, he introduced the Schick Hydro, which I think is a Wilkinson Sword Hydro in this country. Yeah, uh, Razor robot thing. Then. Had a crappy advert. With, <laughs> did some robot things. Yeah, did, did a little, did little animation of like like pixel fighting, and which mimics the TV ad if you've seen it. And um, uh, then Tobias Boone of Mortal Kombat was sort of like, "Oh, Hydrobot or whatever they called him, <laughs> you schooled me on lubrication or something ridiculous. <laughs> you schooled me on lubrication. <laughs> it's it's really stupid. It's like, yeah." Um, I think it was, uh, there might have been the Kotaku uh, breakdown of the event that basically just said, oh, video games. <laughs> when does that happen? Not even video games. No. It's just like written people who don't understand video games trying to make adverts that appeal to people who like video games and not understanding what the whole concept is. Yeah, but to, to oh man. And they, you know, to even get some like well-known names, like what to, well, to get Tobias Boone in doing that, it's like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit mental. Uh, Best Action Game Award went to Doom. Good. Fair. Uh, Deserved. And then an interesting category, um, which I think is actually quite smart. They had what they called the Games for Impact Award, um, which they basically meant was like, these are games that are designed to have a point, be poignant with their story, be... uh, Yeah, back to poignant. (laughs) We haven't had poignancy for some time. Uh, yeah, to, to to try and put across a, a hard hitting message. Um, so the only games I can really remember they remember from this were like the winner, which was that Dragon Cancer, mm-hmm. because of course it was going to be right. Um, yeah, and also there was there was um, a game earlier in the year that I think was um, I, I'm going to get this all wrong, but it was set in like a, a 70s revolution in Iran or something. It was a very a very and you were playing a you were following the, a journalist who was trying to take a snapshot yes. of the there situation. Was the revolution in Iran in the seventies, yes, yeah. But it was, uh, but yeah, there was a game sort of made yeah, around yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and yeah. So it's it's games like that, and it's like that's that's an interesting category. That's totally. Um, it's it's good that they 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 targeted that and put it on the live show rather than giving it a little off show award and things like that, and. Uh, Boy, did it get emotional when the guy um, uh, accepts his award because, you know, clearly there's a lot to pull from and it's about the real life story of his son. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So yeah, when the camera cut back to Jeff Keighley, you could tell his, his eyes, he'd, he'd been weeping a bit. Uh, so, yeah, good, good on them for doing that. Um, and then Peter Moore turns up. Also, his official job title is now Chief Competition Officer. Right, yeah. For EA, so either either he's working out how they compete with other people, or he's making competitions. <laughs> I think presumably this is something to do with, do with EA Sports, like esports push, right? That they started this year, and <laughs> maybe he's heading that. 
I mean, let's, let, well, then again, he, worked, he, he was head of EA Sports, wasn't it? That's what they basically called him for a while. Maybe the head of EA Sports is now chief competition officer. <laughs> Only covers competitive sports. Yeah, I guess. Which is but, more most sports, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what sport isn't competitive? Well, I mean, you can, you can do sports that are competitive non-competitively. Like hunting, skiing, I guess. Hunting, is, they say, is for sport. But there's no That's real, different. there's no real sport involved. Well, there could be. You could be competing to, I mean, like video games have done before, compete to kill the biggest deer or whatever. Yeah, out, out tusk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he came and presented the trending gamer award, which is a bit weird because it's like best YouTube so celeb. Yeah. <laughs> so it went to some guy I, I personally haven't heard of called Boogie Twenty Nine Eighty Eight. He's a classic. Is he? Yeah. Well, relatively speaking. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, not 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 too fam- not familiar with his work myself, especially when he was up against Danny O'Dwyer, and I'm like, oh hell yes! I'm not sure Danny O'Dwyer counts as a kind of gamer exactly. Well, no, he's a documentarian. Yeah, he's a documentarian in, in the video game world. Is that even a word, documentarian? documentarian. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. That's totally is. That's fine. Really? That's what they call them. Um, what's his name? Freaking ah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking Louis Theroux. Sorry, oh, I right, call yeah, him yeah. a doc- documentarian. Anyway, documentarist. <laughs> that might be made up. <laughs> uh, yeah, then we had Cliffy B saying there's lawbreakers coming because we knew that already. But the beta is starting early next year, I think, with the game coming out later that next year. And the fuck is Fortnite coming out? <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> what happened to that? <laughs> Well, I don't think that's that's not anything to do with Cliffy B, is it? That's, no. that's epic. Oh, yeah. oh, that was just about the time he died. Yeah. Yeah, Cliffy B studio is boss key now. Right, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, best RPG award goes to The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine because there's been no RPGs this year, apparently. Well, I mean, The Witcher 3 was good. But, yeah, and but it's, 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 it's apparently that DLC was also good. Yeah, but what. what but it is DLC. It's not like it's a. If they released it as a standalone DLC, which they could have done, probably. Then, then maybe this um, that makes more sense. Because I wonder if that comes up against things like the Star Do You Count does. Never mind. It's just like, what is an RPG? Yeah. Well, everything's an RPG. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, best strategy game, Civ Six. Right. Because what other competition? I would don't there know what competition there is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best esports team <laughs> went to Cloud9. Uh, best music and sound design went to Doom, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, best performance. Uh, now, this was an interesting one because there were um, uh, probably three different nominations from Uncharted um, and two nominations from Firewatch. And <laughs> so, yeah, it, it didn't cover much ground, this, this award. And it was like, is it going to be Troy Baker or is it going to be Nolan North? <laughs> And the answer was Nolan North. <laughs> well done, Nolan. Uh, who, was, who was in Firewatch? No, oh, I don't. I don't know who the act, the, oh, right. the, the name. I didn't think it was one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, it was definitely someone else. But yeah, the, was good. Really... But you know, you can't really play it. Well, you could play it more than once, but and see different endings and stuff. But I don't know. Anyway, oh, I didn't know it had multiple endings. Interesting. Well, I think you can change your relationship. I think their ending's sort of the same, but you can change your. Relationship. Oh, some some of how the conversation happens. Yeah, yeah, by changing the conversations. Yeah. No, interesting. 
Um, what was what was what was good about this award? Like, obviously, like having Nolan and Troy as if they were go- if either of them was going to win, there was going to be a statement made being made here, right? Because of the uh, the right. I guess this is news we haven't talked about, but SAG-AFTRA or whatever the acronym is, yeah, they're on strike at the moment. Um, so like the 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 union of voice actors in video games uh, are in, on strike, and so Nolan kind of had to say something. Um, but he came out with, I guess, something that was a little bit unexpected. He, he was saying, like, look, there's a lot of talk going on about performance matters, right? Right. Uh, and so then he goes, uh, he basically turned it around and said, the performance of the developers and the designers and the graphic artists and everyone else involved with the game are probably more important than our own, and you should be having the same fight. Right. Well, Which yeah, is, that's, just, that's he, just basically because none of them actual programmers and stuff have a union. No, <laughs> that's nothing. the actual problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they go through. They work. probably would be fighting if they could, but they can't. The video game industry treats everyone badly. Let's be. <laughs> let's be. I mean, for, for the most part, you, yeah. in, in the in the big companies, you're going to get treated kind of badly. You're going to have long hours. You're going to have t- terrible, terrible crunches. And yeah. worse than that, you're going to get little to no recognition by the end of it. Like if your game does really, really well, other than keeping your job, I suppose. <laughs> Um, you can't really win unless you're literally notch. I don't know what did he do yeah. like for a living. That like did he make computer games? Did he? What was he doing when he was making Minecraft? Did he just have had what was yeah, his I don't income? Know what he did before that or around that time? Because it must have taken ages to make it vaguely work. Like, I don't know because I mean it was already based off Infiniminer, oh, and I like guess. once you have a once you have a, I, I don't know if he used any of the engine or anything or any yeah. of the programming. Probably not. But I mean it's not exactly a complicated idea in theory. I suppose. <laughs> it must, it I must mean, suck to be that Zach guy, though, the Infinity Miner dude. He doesn't care that much, apparently. Really? Right. Really? <laughs> I guess he still gets well, to make it to the factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, I mean, it must have taken quite a bit of work. And do you think it was like a, a personal project for Minecraft? Was it? Is the question. Probably, I, I think so. I guess it was, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like there was, for a while. It's not it? like there was much shit in Minecraft in the early days, like no. Alpha's. <laughs> No, I guess it not. was not much more complicated than Infinity Mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think. There, there's no real way to that. That would be it, wouldn't it? I guess like be an indie dev and then, but that's the only real indie game that went like mega, mega ridiculous, ridiculous, turned into a triple A game. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it's like, how do you become an auteur like Hideo? Is the other not Hideo? Is, is yeah, the but trick, he's right. You need you need to have a name that's so well known that you could perhaps command that level of royalty or whatever. But it's... he's like one of the, like he's almost part of the problem. Like I bet he worked all his developers on Metal Gear Solid like really really hard and made them crunch and stuff. Like he was one of those guys, no, maybe. like a Steve maybe. Jobs type guy, where he's like kind mm. of an asshole. I expect. Or like a Brendan McNamara. Oh, maybe he didn't. Maybe that's why the game took so bloody long. <laughs> I don't know. And, and wasn't finished on time. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he overworked everyone he could, like, especially I, in the earlier games. There were a lot of stories. When, uh, uh, yeah, I take back what I just said, because there were a lot of stories coming out about Konami's yeah, conditions. It that was, were... probably wasn't him doing it. No, it might just have been... Konami, yeah, it the corporate culture of the whole business. Well, because if... If, 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 well, Hideo is now actually apparently working. This isn't, this didn't happen during any of these shows, but he's also apparently working with Guerrilla Games at the moment. Like, and that can't be on Death Stranding, right? So he's like, is Hideo becoming the next 
whatever that guy is that does concept and mighty number no. nine and made Mega Man that I can't remember the name of. Um, <clears throat> is he in danger of becoming that guy? If he spreads and does these other, well, then again, I suppose he was working on Silent Hills as well at the same time as Metal Gear at one point. Mm. So who knows? I don't know, man. Uh, anyway, uh, what else is going on? Uh, we got a Prey gameplay trailer. What featuring- Prey? Yeah, sod that. <laughs> really? I thought they. I thought that wasn't happening, or, or they well, had that demo with the like a trailer ages ago with that like city, right? Like futuristic Blade that, Runner that, city. Oh, that's, that's way that's, older. You're, yeah, that's the that's, forgotten that's about the, the E3 one where yeah, that's he bleeds out of his eyes while looking in the mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. and the day repeats. Is that not yeah. the same game though? No, theory. it's they've they've completely read. Well, it looks like it's got absolutely nothing, nothing to, to do, do with it. anything with the prey name beforehand. Like. Oh, okay, fine. So <laughs> all we have to okay. So go ahead. Sorry, stop. No, 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 it's fine. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're talking about the early, early prey two, prey two stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. This this looks like a sort of shooter, sort of survival horror game on a space station where you might have something a bit funny with you, and there's this black goop everywhere that morphs into creatures, and you're somehow killing it with stuff. Yeah, it looks kind of so. It's like a it weird. looked more interesting until it became more of a shooter. To be honest, as soon as it started looking like that, it's like, all right, this doesn't look like a good shooter, actually. Sounds so sort of um, dead spacey. Um, you're not quite as brutal. Let's put yeah. it not nearly that. That it's not right. going for going for gore horror. Right. Um. Uh. It had some. Uh, what was it the, the 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 takeaway for me was you have the power to mimic items in the world, and there's a section where he mimics a mug to get through a small gap. Uh, oh yeah, was that, <laughs> did. Was that did that happen in E3 though? No, they I showed that no, in E3. Was no, that no, they showed anything in E3? Uh, okay, they showed like a real what, E3 what was like a story game. trailer. Yeah, yeah, they did show very briefly where they had like him running around in the black goop creatures. Oh yeah, he was walking through a dark, about. a dark, shiny corridor, and some black right. stuff appeared. And, right, yeah, okay. it was a very few seconds <laughs> of things that might have been actually gameplay. Yeah. Right. So, yep, that continues to look weird. So, pray turn into a mug. Yep, turn into a mug. Don't be a mug. Turn into a mug. <laughs> okay. uh, best esports player of the year went to Cold Zera, who is a CS:GO player. Naturally, um, good for them. Uh, no, good for him. It's just a single guy. It's not, yep. not a team. That was his handle. Uh, best sports racing game. So this included all sports and racing games. Uh, and that went to Forza Horizon 3. Uh, okay, sure. I don't I mean, mean, again, I'm not sure there's a I great really deal of that. competition this year other than if you wanted to play, is this the best Madden ever or is this the best FIFA ever? No, like, you know, who, who else are we going to? Forza Horizon, I think, made way more... People were more excited about that game and came, like from in the circles I listened to anyway, and came way more there's impressed many, by that. Than there's too many else. categories in this. Like in the in the Oscars, it's like best actor, best actress, best film, best. Yeah, like, but we're in such a such a weirdly like genre split world. It's like you, you know, with, I think even with films, like this is a bit of a problem actually. That maybe they should have more like best action film versus best tearjerker or something. Right. I don't know. They like, have best animated, I suppose. That's the yeah. like, one split they've got really. It's just the best... problem with best film is there's there's like the Oscar bait film. Like I, as much as that term might be a bit you know reductive, 
it's like there are definitely films with, that you can look oh, at totally. and go, yeah, this is the sort of thing that's going to get nominated. Oh, totally. Whereas you know, if you put Die Hard against it, like which is probably a, it's an amazing film, yeah. but it's never going, but it's not going to go there because it's not an Mad Oscar bait. Yeah, it's not an Oscar bait category, is it? Like it's not that sort of film, even though it's yeah, a brilliant film. Yeah, it's um. So that I think the Oscars actually have problems with not enough variety. Yeah. But this um, seems like a bit much where you have it like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're trying to. They're, they're just like, I mean, strat- lot, we, we have a lot of categories. Sit, what are we like, about? Like, yeah. yeah, we have a lot of dumb categories. <laughs> we don't even do the normal categories. We come up with other stupid shit. Well, we don't play enough to be like well, to, 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 to do the specific genre stuff, do we? We can't say we've categorically played every game in this genre. Let's <laughs> let's break it down, and that's unwise for us to do that. Uh, I mean, I mean, this year's had a decent crop of shooters, which has been relatively mm-hmm. unusual. So you could actually have yeah, a shooter the shooter category, category yeah. makes sense on its own. Like it does this year. this year? Yeah. Anyway, whereas yeah, racing, I'm not sure it really does. I guess why they blended sports and racing together, maybe. Um, cause there aren't many in that, unless you uh, what's that game? Riptide. <laughs> Put Riptide in there. Red out. Now the DLC for. Fast racing near. <laughs> it's a racing game. Are we going through like? Because if we go through all of the game awards, that's fine. But like, like at the end, the end of the year awards for like every every publication, like it's just the fact <laughs> that they've got in here at the start of December means that we like no. Well, they, 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 the only reason I'm going, the only reason I'm going through game awards is because there's like uh, you know all these extra trailers and stuff and the occasional announcement and things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Let's it's, talk about and the it's it's like we definitely won't go into like other people's game of the year stuff. Like it's yeah. just it's just because it's all sort of it's a bit of an event, isn't it? The game awards. Sure, but but what were the announcements that we? Uh, well, okay. What else? What else have we got? Um, Reggie Fiza May turns up. He did say play the game at one point. Um, Hurrah! Just just old checking off old. Just checking off the list. Uh, and Ultimate then they did play a, the game. Yeah, <laughs> and so then they did a, um, uh, a a sort of the treehouse team. Including the guy who said something about Ninja Block that Jim Sterling loves a lot, uh, just playing a bit of Zelda in an area yep. we haven't seen before, and yep. how the combat sort of works. And well, I thought the demo looked a little rough, to be honest. Like there, there are there are spots where the frame rate is real the, bad. The frame and rate is go back, not good. Yeah, I had to go and check my video feed, and like it's like, is that is that the video? Like, am I having internet problems right now? It's like, no, no, I re- made, replayed it several times. It was exactly the same. It's like, no, 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 that's that's actually the footage. That's worrying. Well, that's what like, we thought was the thing when on in like the mobile mode of the Switch where it looked framey, but maybe that wasn't because of the Switch. Maybe that was just the actual game was framey. Well, they yeah. they <laughs> proved that um that the um video in the trailer for the Switch like wasn't playing off the Switch because they made a mistake in the photoshopping the video onto the Switch onto the mobile Switch where you could see the frame actually go over someone's hand. So, oh, really? So so you could see it wasn't actually playing on the device. So I reckon probably most of the footage is coming from the Wii U version. Well, this one certainly was, right? Not Maybe. that that's... It, 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 it wasn't clear. It's definitely not good if, if there's bad frame rate on the Wii U version, but, but I mean... I, did, I didn't. I didn't look to see what was in their hands. To be honest, I should probably go back and watch that. See, see what yeah. they, see what they're holding. Yeah, but they wouldn't just be a fucking holding a switch controller, even no. if it was a switch. They'd be using a. They'd use a pro controller with the iconography scratched off or whatever. <laughs> probably. Black pro yeah, oh, maybe, probably but, the pro right. con- but the Wii U pro controller is a different shape to the new one. Not so significantly. The sticks in a different place. Sure, but they. It probably uses the same, like, transmission or whatever. They can probably fake it quite easily. <laughs> 
yeah, in terms of the button prompts on screen, yeah, that that I'm sure will be the same. But like, I just want to, yeah, we, we should see what's in the hands. Is it a Wii U gamepad or is it a Switch or whatever? It's a GameCube controller it? somehow. Yeah, it's a GameCube controller. <laughs> I reckon they'll get it to 30. It's the best controller. I think they'll get it to roughly lot 30 by time of release. I, I, I don't think... Nin- uh, or I'd like to think Nintendo wouldn't release a game that did that. Yeah. Like, not, not, not unless it was locked or like, so, sure, the original, if you think Ocarina of Time and stuff, they ran at low frame rate, right? But it was locked yeah. the entire time to that. That was yeah. a, that was the choice they had to live with. Yeah. Um, I forget what it, like, I don't even know what it did run at. It was probably like 15 frames or something. It was low. Crazy, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, the, 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 this is clearly like a, the variable frame rate problem that it was, you know, it runs at 30 most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. But in general, I was quite impressed with how the combat plays out. Oh yeah. The actual gameplay all looks good. I think there's some neat stuff towards the end. It's like, Oh, your sword's broken. Well, I'll just pick up the sphere and throw it at this guy's face. Then, Yeah. And it's like, that, that was kind of like, Oh, okay. This actually looks pretty good. The kind of experimentation in the world. They made a little bit of a, yeah, they made a little bit of a big deal of like, I'm just going to put this rolling bomb on the floor. And then the boss is, aware of it and it's like okay maybe that's that's not as clever as you think it is but at the same time it's like oh zelda's never really done that you know we have have enemies that are more aware of what you're doing or what weapons are about and Mm. so okay there's a little there's something to this i'm definitely looking forward to it but uh, i'm not i'm not saying that ed the trailer did well what i'm seeing (laughs) is getting me hyped for the gameplay uh and and i'm like holding judgment on like the uh performance and even the graphics to some extent because it's like i like the stylized look of it to some extent but it's not as stylized as like a wind waker and it definitely looks much more kind of bare than like the really lush open world environments you get in a like sure or whatever skyrim yeah well yeah they're working with what they have aren't they? exactly exactly but i think like wind waker did even better with uh, less, do you know? Is I mean, it, in terms of uh, look, uh, do you reckon that that I don't know enough about Skyward to make a oh a call a call yeah, here? But you, uh, they, they, they're sort of using that art style, I think. That's sort of like that seems to be what they yeah, want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks, although it looks less kind of twee than Skyward Sword, but I, mm. but in terms of like the kind of material, the sort of flat sh- yeah. sort of flat shaded yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they'll focus more on the world, sort of. Obviously, from the name and the, mm. you know, the, the the kind of vegetation and stuff. Like it in the trailer, the the um, autumnal scene looked really good. It looks like it's got a a season system because it was the same shot in like spring and and autumn. Yeah, I wonder if it changes between like certain yeah. story beats. Like I mean, some time cool. will pass at some point, or or there will be a device by which you change the time of the environment. Yeah, yeah. some either, kind of ocarina or something. Yeah, <laughs> either, either way, that's cool. Or it'll be like Animal Crossing. It will be real time. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So you have then to wait. Be you you got to come months. back in winter. Yeah. What a mushroom! You better not be here in winter. <laughs> awesome uh yeah i I wasn't entirely sure that the edited let's play format whilst being a very nintendo thing now was a particularly great fit for the rest of the show's content no um uh but but you know relatively good good showing for them uh shovel knight briefly turned up to be like hey we've got this other dlc pack coming that everyone knows about so spectre of torment 
uh, is coming. Uh, and it's free to anyone who have sho- has shovel mode, so yay. Um, then there was a Halo Wars 2 trailer that I haven't had time to go back and actually watch, so I've got no idea what happened there. It keeps trying to show me that as an advert on YouTube, and I keep skipping it. <laughs> Although I keep seeing the word Halo, and I'm like, what is this? And it's like, oh, it's Halo Wars. I keep forgetting that's coming out. <laughs> it's coming out pretty soon. Um, is that actually coming out this month? Is that this year? Or did that get pushed to next? I don't know. I don't anyway. Know. Yeah, there was a trailer I haven't watched. I should go watch that. Um, Best Game Direction Award. We're back to the awards. Um, went to Overwatch. Uh, it was originally in the... the only, uh, it was in the, what do you call it, Best Art Direction uh, category earlier. Um, uh, which, which which inside one, but yeah, Best Game Direction is a bit of a strange... Like I think it's like, oh yeah, yeah the, the whole... What does that mean? The whole narrative, the whole and how everything comes together. It's it's a weird ass category. This one, if you've got art direction and then game direction, or is it about just how they managed the game since it launched? I don't know. Weird one. Yeah. Mm. Didn't really understand. Um, best action adventure game went to Dishonored Two. Okay. Uh, then there was a, a, a trailer uh, sort of extended. Here's what Mass Effect Andromeda is all about, voiceover. Um, okay. With some, with <laughs> so some footage. So this game is starting to look a little bit like No Man's Sky, but in Mass Effect style. Well, a lot of people have been saying it looks like Dragon Age Inquisition. Right, and, right. And people are not happy about that. <laughs> no, it's there, there is something off about it that makes me think yeah. this isn't really Mass Effect. There's some like because like in the way they describe it is they describe it in ways as like oh you know you're you're a pathfinder you're going out to the to find it's a new more. yeah you're trying to find new homes for yeah. humanity blah 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 but which has that sort of Star Trek vibe that's kind yeah. of okay but then the back of my head goes but that's not any of what I sort of like about Mass Effect Mass Effect is kind of I like the two and the the struggle between the the, the bit of politics in there I like the bit of, of the like, existing. The, the yeah, interrace stuff, yeah, well, yeah, there will be some of that, and there is some of that. Yeah, I mean, that's in Star that's... Trek, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, definitely. And there, then there is, there is some of that there, but that's not the message they're spreading. So I wonder how much of that they really is. They just, um, they just want to say that they have an open world. That's why they're focusing yeah. on that. They want to be like, oh, we're no longer constrained by these dumb mission areas yeah, yeah. or bad planets where it's just a square of terrain that you land on or whatever. Even though it's always certainly going to be like that. <laughs> And and to back up a point we had earlier, performance matters, and I thought the voice acting was pretty terrible. Yep. Uh, like, you know, for me it was like I couldn't even play the first Mass Effect game. Like I played it three times and restarted it three times until I switched to the female Shepherd, where the performance was decent. Oh, <laughs> I, I never, I never, I never liked the guy. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I never had a problem with male Shep. He was he was a bit flat compared it, to Femme Shep. He was so sure. flat. But, oh my god. But 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 he wasn't terrible. Whereas that like the, the 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 bad guy lady, she's that that your well, your Femme Shep equivalent is talking to. It just seems. 
I mean, uh, yeah, not really in, not really in position. If you know what I mean, it's like they took a sound clip, but it's like they, they, the actor didn't know where they were or how badass they were. They just read a line. <laughs> yeah, it was like she didn't seem like <clears throat> she was super hardcore. No, on her stupid throne or whatever. <laughs> it, none of it fit, and I, mm. I got that. We got that same impression from that little teaser they showed last time. At, um, was it yeah. PlayStation Experience yeah. or something? And there's, oh yeah, when they were talking about the pro, wasn't it? And yeah, the. Mm, yeah, I don't think they've got that right. And I'm still pissed that they keep just showing all the normal races still. I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, they new? still want to keep the semi-surprise <laughs> of the new races. And you do occasionally see things, like, enemies that are probably new races. It's just that they're wearing goddamn spacesuits, so you can't fucking see anything. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I haven't seen the... Um, I, don't, I don't think we've seen what Tali's race yet. The Quarians. Uh, no, I don't think we've seen any Quarians. I'm not sure how many of them are going to be there. Because <laughs> the thing is, they've explained this, some of the story where it's just like they basically send colony ships to Andromeda sometime around the end of Mass Effect 2. Oh, interesting. So that's that was good. that was starting before, before the Reaper, before thing the Reaper War actually happened, huh? And they're they're like sleeper ships, so it's actually six hundred years in the future when you arrive in Andromeda. Oh wow! And the okay. human ship arrives last, which is why all the other races are already there. So what you settled, yeah? But that's a dumb story. <laughs> Make new races. Don't just have it's like you, you, the scene when they show where she's walking into the town, and it's like you can see like fucking ten Krogans in this shot, and I'm like, there weren't even that many Krogans in the old universe, and now there's millions of Krogans here as well. <laughs> I, I kind of hope. I, I, well, based on what we saw in the PlayStation Experience stuff, where that you're exploring this bizarre facility, yeah, I, you have to assume there's going to be other races in there worst case scenario there is one bad guy race <laughs> yes that, you, that you're gonna have to fight before they eradicate everyone uh worst case <laughs> you know I- ignoring all the wildlife races i mean like you know sure. an actual race i did see <laughs> best case scenario the rachni are back <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is where the rachni actually came from yeah this galaxy I saw a, a comment in the YouTube video where someone <laughs> talking of things that people are pissed off about where it's the same as the previous games. There was one YouTube comment where someone was very specifically pissed off that they're still using that same goddamn pistol model. <laughs> really? <laughs> when she does the, when the, the Turing guy's like, oh, I'm going to disarm you and steal your pistol. It's that same goddamn pistol that's always been. But of that's, the dumb... that's legit, right? Like, well, it's you... legit, but it's still annoying. <laughs> It's well, like just, annoying. You got to keep consistency. Just just because you have this dumb excuse where Mass Effect acceleration technology makes it so every pistol is all the same because it's just one, made by one company or whatever. But, they, <laughs> like, but didn't they sort of they got away from that towards the end of the like Mass Effect three? Didn't they? Like because you know, there were different, there were slight variants on some of the gun types. But like slight, yeah. But they looked a bit different, and they kind of had to put that in for the multiplayer just not a stuff, right? Color. And I, I was on Origin the other day, and I, could, I couldn't help but notice that they they, they have a, the, what is it, the standard edition, a deluxe edition, and a super deluxe edition, and that's just what they're calling it. Super deluxe. For a lot of money, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else we got? Uh, oh, we also saw the face animation still looks kind of dodgy. Yep. I mean, that I can still sort of perhaps give that a pass on your character because you're building a face, right? But I'm I'm pretty sure we've seen better examples of facial animation on face creation characters. Yeah. Um, Whereas this looks like it might be the same stuff they used in Mass Effect 3? I don't know. And they also continue to have no hair tech. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That's true as well. <laughs> Get some hair back in here. Well, no one has hair in the future. <laughs> they do. It's not actually hair, <laughs> apparently. Well, so Ashley has hair, doesn't she? And like, well, she gains hair yeah. but in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Yeah. The space racist. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the space racist. God <laughs> <laughs> love Ashley. Uh, I do. I she, like. I do. I do wonder what would ha- what have happened if if I, if I were like would Kaiden have been the space racist? Wait, no, he's just no. <laughs> That's not he's his not character, is it? Yeah, spaces. Finally, game of the year. <laughs> what are your bets? What are your bets? Uh, just quick off the cuff, what are you, what are you feeling right now? Um, based on based well, on everything you've heard, that's, not oh, for you, no for for the for the for the for the, for the, for the game awards. Given what we've heard so far, fucking I probably Doom, Overwatch, Doom would Doom would be a good shout, but it was Overwatch. Damn, with this rap, okay, like it, it it got nominated a, a couple of times, but but didn't win the individuals. But they, their argument was. I guess is that the whole comes together in a way that each little bit doesn't necessarily uh, stand out, which is fair enough. Overwatch is a hell of a game. Sure, fine. I probably win quite a few games of the year. So, uh, and that was the end of the Keelys. Uh, and then PSX happened. Yes. So we've got that to go through. Let's try not to go through everything too precisely. All right, you, you guys can hold. We have two minutes, 40 say, seconds of news left. <laughs> fuck. Well, you, you, can say, you can say skip if there's anything you're not interested in. Um, let's let's, let's do that. the big one. So, well, let's go for it. Let's do a normal trade. It's a show. We've got to go for it in order. <laughs> Why? Because uh, <laughs> this is not how reporting works. Oh, so okay. always do things. Lead with uh, the headline. <laughs> That's how you do it. Uh, well, anyway. like, well, okay. P- PSA, let's, let's, one thing that was noticeable is that this is a way quicker show for Sony standards. Um, E3 is always such a drag, right? Whereas this thing was one hour, it was snappy, it was trailer after trailer after trailer. Right. They significantly cut down on the on the on the rhetoric, which is brilliant. They they have learned from Microsoft. They haven't. They they just do that at E3. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. They, yeah, they, they save the, the rhetoric for E3. Okay, fair enough. We'll see what happens next year. But yeah, the last two shows they've done have been pretty, pretty good um, on that front. Uh, so they launch with uh, a surprise trailer for standalone Uncharted DLC. I say surprise. We knew there was there were make there was some significant DLC for Uncharted coming. What we didn't know was that it was going to be a a standalone adventure. Uh, featuring chloe and nadine from the series um so nothing to do with nathan drake at all it just sort of on its own didn't sure. look no one was really sure and then they had last minute reveal of, oh this is that chloe girl everyone knows uh you know looked pretty good but you know how, how big is this thing and all that still come uh it's in a way like uh, this is the first time they've done story DLC for Uncharted, and I thought maybe, maybe they shouldn't do that. It was my immediate thought. It was like maybe they shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, it'd be alright if it's if it's like a side story. This was also the point where you discovered that this is one of those Sony crowds where everyone whoops way too much. Naturally, not like a Bethesda crowd, though. No, it wasn't quite. <laughs> it wasn't quite a Bethesda crowd. No, I'll give it that. But it was quite a noisy audience. 
Um, no one's that hype. No one is that hype. Come on, people. <laughs> uh, get anyway. hype together in a room, don't they, or whatever? I guess. Yeah, you do get a bit. Like more Apple, to be fair, Apple crowds used to be at least. They were the most hype, which is very annoying. That was very annoying. Yeah. It's like it's a phone. <laughs> well, but... that was justified when they brought out the phone, but yeah. Oh, the end of news, ducks. <laughs> it's the duck okay. of news. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's speed this up. Sean Layden turns up wearing a Wipeout t-shirt. Um, I think it's the logo from uh, Wipeout HD. God damn. Um, and it's like, you're doing it again, Sean. And he specifically points out at this point, he's like, I got some stick for wearing a Crash Bandicoot t-shirt. And it's like, but you're wearing a Wipeout shirt. You bastard. bastard. <laughs> so that would be so amazing. So the first Wipeout. thing they announce is nothing to do with any of those things. It's uh, that Marvel vs. Capcom is coming back. Yep. Yeah, sure. With Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Now, when I, only fa- I found about this in the middle of the week when a friend of the show, Eddie, told us. And I, and, I, and I just sort of did that sort of like little <laughs> sort of excited bounce in my chair because it's like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is a great game. And I, I like I, I hope this is good. But the reports are that they're going in a different direction with this compared to what they've right. done before. Like they're focusing on the MCU as their character focus. So there's probably not going to be the weird and wonderful characters we've seen in the previous games no, we'll turning up here. Well, yeah, Wolverine's a weird one, isn't it? Because if they're f- focusing on the MCU, they probably don't have the the total rights to go in to all get the all X-Men. the Fox characters. Yeah, they're kind yeah, of the core it's... of the whole thing, are they? Or Deadpool? Come on, Deadpool was awesome in MVC three. <laughs> yeah, no Deadpool. It's like yeah, so it could be bad. It also seems like they've they've significantly changed the fighting model. Um, so it's it's not the about ridiculously high juggles. Like it used to be, and uh, and the assist system seem apparently looks different, and also it's two v two rather than three v three v three now, so it's like a tag team match. Mm. So it does seem like the game has gone through significant changes, which might not be for the better. We don't know. Um, the good news is is that if you have a PS4, you can now get hold of Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three, which has been re released. Mm. If you have a PS4, mm. um, so you know. They, I guess they renewed their license with with Marvel, and so they were allowed to put this out <laughs> again. So that's good. Uh, and then Wipeout turns up, but not quite in as good a way as everyone, as, as I personally would have liked. As we they want. Are, what are yeah. they doing? So they are re-releasing Wipeout HD. Well, that's a start. Um, that's a good uh, yeah. start. It's a good start. So they are re-releasing what it's. They call it the Omega Collection, and it okay. basically has HD Fury and the content from 2048 uh, in one package. Like up, up res to like HD standard or yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so on that's PS4. how we get on PS4. They didn't specifically say whether it would have like 4K support on the um, Pro. But given that the original game was the, like the hallmark for, here's what the PS3 can do. It runs at 1080 60 bitches. Mm. Um, <laughs> 1080 60 like, bitches. I, <laughs> yeah, it has, it has, <laughs> has a lot of it. Has a lot of bitches in that game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I you know that it would be it would be great if this does like push the boundaries a little bit of what that console because what they showed it didn't look like they changed very much visually. 
it looked like Wipeout HD, but if it runs at like 4K, then all right. And it's Wipeout, which is a hell of a game. So, yeah, good things. Wipeout's still alive, vaguely. Mm. Uh, and then there was an extended trailer for Destiny. Boring. They're doing Sparrow Racing again. And they call it, and this expansion's called The Dawning, which is a free timed event for people who have Rise of Iron. Boring. Uh, and then Shelby Cox turns up. And this is probably my, at the moment, given all the press conferences and all the major companies, she must be the single most annoying person to take the stage for any one of the major. <laughs> and I'm even including Smarmy McDickface from, from EA. Smarmy McDickface. <laughs> Lovely. Charming. He's just, he's just dull and business-like. <laughs> Shelby is is actually irritating to the point of like, she turns, she always turns up and is like, yeah, whoop, in that very sort of Forced American, way, yeah. sort of, you know, very nasally sort of horrible form of you know, the accent. And it's, oh, yeah, nothing, nothing about her strikes me the right way. Um, but she does come on with some some announcements, uh, including the, the you know some some gameplay footage of the Crash Bandicoot remasters, um, and they do some nice side by sides of look how pixely this is and look how not pixely it is now. Uh, yeah, they're doing some work on that. Like it look it looks you know visually it looks pretty good, uh, but it is exactly the same game uh, or exactly the same three games that the first one and they've called it the Insane Trilogy. Because I think the bad guy was Doctor Insane, maybe I don't know. I can't remember. Sounds like something they'd do. Um, and then we got a trailer for Resident Evil 7 that made it look very uh, first-person survival horror-y, you know, like things grabbing you and punching yeah, you in the face yeah. and then thing, and then PT-style scares. And my head, uh, you know, I'm immediately thinking, what part of this is Resident Evil? Well... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really. It's way well, back, I mean, I get, it's dialing way back to the first game or whatever. Yeah, really. I guess I don't know enough about Resident Evil past like the concepts of one and two, really, and like you know, I don't know what was going on in four, and I really don't know what's going on after that. Well, four was pretty but, great, but yeah, it wasn't like that. But no, I, I but I know absolutely nothing was. Go- I've never played four, and I don't know anything about why it is what it is. If you know what I mean, all I know is that the the, the, the setup for Resident Evil is like, oh, the Umbrella Corporation made a virus and it got out, and it's like, but so what's going on in this house? Well, like, and why does like, nothing look related? Or this could just be like, why is there I ghosts? Mean, it could just be why they decide dumb that they've decided to call it Resident Evil Seven. It could could just be like almost. Like a Nothing side to do story. With it. Yeah. Well, no, could we just be like you're just a normal person during the virus outbreak trying to survive in your house? <laughs> Maybe, but then it's sort of like, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm getting confused with PT a little bit, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, in my head, it's like, but, but, but it's but paranormal. It's like, no, it isn't. Oh, okay, yeah, who knows? Uh, Ace Combat Seven anime in in the air. Yep, as always. But like really anime, like not even it's trying like, to be pseudo, not even trying to be pseudo military this time. It's like right. it's just it's Full really on. anime. Okay, it looks pretty good actually. <laughs> well, they don't play that well. I don't know Ace Combat. I, I'm always attracted to that to that. You know, I do have a played. copy of Ace Combat Six, and I haven't played it. So it's, yeah, 
Maybe they'll do. I maybe they'll. I don't know. I liked that at least they Tom Clancy's Hawks tried to do some competition for them or whatever. That was kind of interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't carry. Wow, that was that was roughly the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. I know what, why they do what they do. But I'm kind of. I'm. I'm sometimes quite on board with the idea of like you know these Japanese um, takes on things because they clearly ignore the physics of the situation and are just you know barrel rolling helicopters. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. And, but in order to make a decent, yeah. fun game out of it is the idea, and it's like I'm on board with that way of thinking. Mm. So it's like. You know that wouldn't bother me at all as long as it played well. So, and but then again, we you know we haven't probably played Ace Combat Six, so maybe it wasn't that good either. But uh, moving on, Akuma is coming to Street Fighter Five because, of course, he is. And they were advertising you can buy now buy a character pass for the next season of characters because that's how fighting games do things now, I guess. Even right. full price titles like Street Fighter. God damn it. Um, uh, Shuhei Yoshida turns up uh, and the crowd goes kind of wild and he gets a bit of a chant like Yoshida Yoshida mm. uh, anyway um, I guess he's the tweet master uh, another trailer for The Last Guardian nothing new here it's The Last Guardian it comes out in two days time I believe uh, then there's Parappa the Rapper 20th Anniversary Edition oh yeah it's basically just a remaster of the original game. Yeah, of course it is. But but Shohei did did hint there may be some extra content in there. But you know that game was only like six levels long. Anyway. Yeah, it was so short. So like, what's this extra content? Is it like half a lyric? <laughs> uh, but also that you know because I think oh, I'm not 100 percent sure if it's the same team. But in the same announcement, they were like Patapon and Loco Roco are getting 4K releases on PS4 Pro. Mm. So yay! But Loco Roco was a great game. Patapon was an okay game. I mean, honestly. do you really need but... a pro to do 4K? No, I, like, but the problem is, is the pro is probably the only console that can actually output at that right, res, right? Like, oh, you know, that's true. You, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. Like, you, you probably don't need the processing power or the visual power to do it, but it's just like, the only one that has a graphics card capable of, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh. And then the game nobody wanted, Knack Two. <laughs> it's like, good god, that exists. I, I, I don't think anyone predicted that would happen. <laughs> uh, and the, the the big thing in the trailer was, oh yeah, we, now we've got co-op play. It's like, great, all right. They're, they're clearly, I think there's a bit, there's a bit of them that are going for that Lego vibe on how it plays. If you know what I mean, like they're trying to target that. Oh, this can be enjoyed by all ages. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's possible. Those Lego games do pull it off sometimes. Yeah, nothing about that is appealing to me. Um, uh, Gravity Rush Two is getting some DLC called Raven's Choice. They made a big trailer about that. Gravity Rush apparently has done pretty well, like since it got a PS4 version, rather than being limited to the Vita. Um, so good on it. It look it looks interesting. It looks like an interesting game. Uh, GT Sport had a bit of a trailer it's like Gran Turismo Sport if you're not familiar mm-hmm. um, so, and they are, were making some fairly bold claims that if you have a PS4 Pro the entire get, like the game has will run in 4K have HDR and VR okay and it's like okay, I'm, okay for, I'm, I have to cast my doubt over this one it's like that game looks pretty looks good 
like visually. But how, that can't run at 4K native. It won't run mm. 4K Not a chance. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah, those those three things all at <laughs> Two once. Two different things. Yeah, those three things all at once not going to happen. But there's not a chance that game runs at 4K native. It's the same sort of tricks they played when they, back in the day, trying to get 1080, 60 out of like the PS3 or the 2. or when, when, they, they used to do weird stuff, didn't they, GT? Like, I guess it's the next generation of that. Yeah, no, was it on the PlayStation 2? I think think it was Gran Turismo 4. It actually, yeah, could do 1080, but it it was 1080. It was, no, I think it could do 1080, but I think it was like a a 1080i mode. Yeah, some kind of weird mode. And and toned down some of the the track detail in order to achieve it. Um, so they've got a history of doing weird shit to of, push of doing things. tricks. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, you maybe you're right. Maybe there will be something in there, but what's the cost? Mm. Uh, doesn't really matter anyway because you're just playing no mode. And it also doesn't bother me in the slightest because I bet I still won't like how that game handles. Right? Yeah, it's a kind of taste thing there, isn't it? Yeah, I, I and it, it's yeah. Gran Turismo versus Forza has always been the taste battle, and yeah. uh, if you, in terms of that style of game. And for me, I've just never liked how GT handles. I mean, the fact that Forza's going to be on PC is going to be totally killer. <laughs> so, I, w- I will probably have to get that game at some yeah. point. Uh, Nino Cooney 2 has a trailer. Yay, it's still about. And it Ooh. looked slightly less irritating this time. Because, you know, when, the, when it first showed up, I was a bit worried, this protagonist isn't quite as cool as the last game. I mean, there isn't enough Welsh in this. Um, and... The, 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 there were some accents going on. There were some British accents of various oh, yeah. kinds Break going on in this trailer. And, and the, the, the young king uh, character didn't seem quite as irritating this time. So that game might be all right. Sweet. I still kind of want to play the first one, but at this yeah. point, it's like, like, I, like, can they make a PS4 version? <laughs> can they do a remaster or like re-release on PS4? Well, maybe they good. will if, they, if they're doing a sequel then. Yeah. You never know. The first one still still seems more appealing to me looking at the two from an outsider's perspective. Um, but, you know, looks can be deceiving, I guess. Uh, Yakuza 6 and Yakuza Kiwami are getting Western releases, which is a big deal, apparently, because the Yakuza games never get released over here. No. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that they're coming. Uh, Dungan Roper is getting a, a, a third version. I think we already knew this, so this was just like a sort of, hey, it's still coming, um, and it's getting a, both a PS4 and PS Vita version. Mm. Um, so mention of the Vita. Uh, Near Automata, a little bit of a trailer for that. That game looks like it has Bayonetta combat because it's it's a Squeenix game, but it's made by Platinum. Uh, okay. So, that game looks that could, a bit like Bayonetta, so that suddenly changed my opinion of it. Like, I had no idea what this game actually was or how it actually played, but then actually seeing it in action, it's like, okay, this actually looks good. Mm. Which then raised another worry. It's like, if this game looks good and it's being made by Platinum, what does that mean for Scalebound? Does this mean the B team is on Scalebound? I don't know. I'd be like, like, oh, what's going on here? Like, you know, that slight platinum games worry has crept in. They usually turn out something good, so 
they usually turn out okay. Like in, the problem with platinum these days is they they've sort of sullied their reputation. They kind of stretched out, a bit thin, didn't they? Yeah, because yeah, they, they they was it they, the first one they put out Stop. Legend of Korra, which was the first game where everyone was a bit like, mm, this isn't so good. I can see what they're going for, but there's there's nothing to this. And then Transformers Devastation, which was a bit better than that, but still had that same ah, this isn't quite got that platinum magic somehow. And then Star Fox. Yeah. So, oh, and they made a put out a Turtles game as well, not that long ago, which was apparently even worse, like like worse than Korra. You know, just didn't wasn't wasn't a good game at all. So, you know, Platinum have caused themselves a bit of a problem. Like their reputation isn't isn't clean anymore. And now there's two games that are on my radar that both are interesting. I'm a bit worried. Like, like, like which team are we getting? Which platinum are we going to see in both of those? It's like scale band bound looks interesting to me, and this looks now looks interesting to me. They can't both be good. <laughs> that doesn't seem that doesn't seem possible. It's not possible. Oh, they also made that uh, Metal Gear game, which I still actually kind of want to play. Um, <laughs> Revengeance. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Now that is a sequel, Zeg, isn't it? To four, sort of not a sequel, but you know, it's set after four, isn't it? Maybe <laughs> it's not impossible, <laughs> still stuff happening. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's crap through. Um, Ease Origin or YS, like they pronounced it Ease on stage, so I guess that's how it's, how it's supposed to be. Never really know what those games are, they're JRPGs of some kind, so there's another one of those coming out. The first time it's been on console, I think. Um, and Vita. Um, oh, and then here, uh, this this was my surprise. Do you remember two years ago? I think it was during E3 time, and it wasn't something that came up in any of the press conferences, but it was something I spotted some people talking about on the on the floor. Um, made, being developed by Jaeger Software, the guys that did Spec Ops: The Line and Back in the original Xbox days, Jaeger, um, Dreadnought, Dreadnought. Uh, no, uh, Seg. No. So I, I spotted this ages ago, and it was—it's basically a. Um, okay, so they've taken the idea of what would it actually be like if two Battlestar-style spaceships tried to fight each other. You know, it wouldn't be like outmaneuvering or anything. It would be like a strategic placement battle. It would be about popping abilities at the right time and uh, stuff like that. You know, a, a slightly... Imagine Eve, but with more control. Like in Homeworld. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. But you're sort of in direct control of your ship at all times and things like that. And, you know, it's a team-based multiplayer thing. Um yeah, so I, I spotted that a few years back, and they were like, yeah, this game's going... And then they went quiet for a very long time, which had me worried about, does this game even exist? Is it carrying on? Turns out, it does exist. It's a PS4 exclusive now. Now, they were they did say the words PS4 exclusive, so I don't know if that still means it's a PC game. I'm, I'm not sure. Because um, it was planned for PC at one point. Um, but yeah, it's alive, and it's coming, and it's coming relatively soon, and still looks interesting. Okay. I wonder yeah. if that sort of gameplay will be in that rare pirates game or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's got to be that sort of similar idea, really. But you know, as I say, you're controlling everything your ship does, and you're working in a team. Whereas the uh, rare one is you're working in a team on a single boat on a, on a ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So it, you know, it's a different thing in terms of how it mechanically plays, I guess. But okay. it, it, it's a real interesting looking game. Like I, I, I reserve. I, I don't know if I will enjoy it or if it will be for me. But it's it, it's nice to see. I don't know. There's something about it. There's something cool that it exists. Uh, so yeah, check it out. I suggest you go look. Uh, Pyre had a little bit of a trailer, but it's not really anything we'd seen before. We haven't seen before. Sorry. Um, from Supermassive. Uh, then there was Vane, which I, I don't know what to say about this game. It's just some girl sort of possibly with a bit of time travel and some ground wibbling, climbing a thing. And then there's some birds and it's in the desert. Don't know what this is about. Okay. Uh, and then there's Absolver. Um, which that's a good name it's a pretty good name um it looked like there was some sort of uh melee focused online combat game like a one-on-one dueling game Hmm. which could be interesting if their mechanics are deep enough i guess like it looks like they've taken for honor and just distilled it down to it's just about the one-on-one combat and how that works um which I guess is For Honor's thing as well, but yeah. Uh, it's published by Devolver, and Devolver don't normally get involved in things that are terrible. So <laughs> Okay. And Devolver are a company that have a pretty good name behind them. Let's put it <laughs> unlike Platinum. So, <laughs> uh, Then there was some sort of... I was a bit confused as to what this might be while I was watching the trailer. It looked like they were zooming in on bits of a dollhouse, and then when they zoomed in, you were seeing a memory of some kind um, in first person. And then it would zoom out and then it would go somewhere else. And then there was a hand putting a person into the doll's house. Then it all closed up. And then, then it was something called what remains of Edith Finch. Hmm. So God knows what that is. It's probably some kind of narrative focused short game would be my guess. Maybe a gone home rip. Okay. Don't know. Um, and then we had, from the makers of Rezogun. So Housemark. Um who I quite like as a developer. They made they do super stardust, and they're also the guys behind the somewhat underrated Outland. Um which I loved. Um yeah, but they're they're making another shooter, and it's a bit of a, a run and gun, sort of like top-down uh smash TV sort of shooter. Uh which looks very pretty, has to be said, with okay. some neat effects going on. And it's called Nex Machina Death Machine. Sorry, Nex Machina. Nex Machina, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Death Machine. Well, it's yeah. a shooter. Yep. It, it looked quite pretty. Uh, then there was a montage of stuff that I couldn't keep up with. wasn't, and So and none of it was really... Uh, picked out, so we'll let that stuff go. Hmm. And then there was a frankly in, uh, indecipherable trailer for Let It Die. Now, but that's come up, I think that's been floating around for years, the name of that game. Like, that got announced ages ago, and it looked like some kind of weird, it might be some kind of arena shooter of some kind, or character based shooter. Hmm. It's made by Grasshopper, who are clearly behind some utterly bizarre games in the past. Um, and yeah, just just no idea what this really is. Uh, 
Yeah, go, go just go watch that trailer and see if you can figure it out for yourself. Because my note here just says what? Um, in fact, you might actually be able to play it now because I think it's free on PS Plus right now. So tell me what that is. I've got no idea. Um, uh, Surgeon Simulator has a VR mode now. And of course it's called it does. Surgeon Simulator ER. Right. <laughs> Great name. Great name. Um, Lara Croft Go is getting a console version and coming to the Vita. Um, <laughs> and here we go. Here we go. This is this is critical news right here. Um, I can't remember. Is it? I can't remember the guy's name. Is Geo someone? They talk about him on the Bombcast a lot. Geo something mm-hmm. or other. He was the guy on stage at this point. He described this as Dave Lang's nightmare. <laughs> here it comes. Oh God. The original flying disc game. Windjammers 2. <laughs> no. It's, they're, they're, they are re-releasing the original Windjammers. Oh. Unchanged. Apart from they're adding online play. Uh, okay. That's mental. Yeah. Isn't it just <laughs> Windjammers? Have we played Windjammers? It's not that mental. <laughs> oh, yeah, we played Windjammers. Win it's yeah. great. Um... <laughs> here's the thing though because like a lot of people a lot of little developers I guess have tried to replicate Windjammers and none of them have been very good or have quite captured the same feel so this might be the most sensible move they could just, have made just like, let's, just put, let's, let's just put it out well as long as it runs the same as the original that's the important thing yeah to actually emulate the arcade I guess in order to make it run the same yeah there's going to be well SNK have been doing stuff with that haven't they because it's a, it's a Neo Geo game and SNK have been putting out um, versions of their old games yeah. on Steam for a while so presumably it's using whatever technology they're working on. I don't think it's an SAK. It's because it's Data East. And who it, they found out. They must have found out who owns Windjammers is what I'm saying. Like after all that uh, investigation, like no one really knew who, who owned Windjammers. Someone must have figured it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Uh, then there's looked like to be, there was a bit of a, a short PSVR section where um, someone was putting out a game that looked a lot like Descent in multiplayer, uh, but maybe as a hero shooter, but in Descent-style, like, 360-degree combat, um, called Starblood Arena. Mm, okay. So I bet that is confusing as hell in VR. <laughs> uh, then there was some kind of montage that had some of the games we've seen before, like Rigs and... Things with it, uh, yeah, stuff stuff we already know about. Um, then there was a bit of a trailer for Neo. Um, I don't know a lot about that game, but I've heard it described as kind of soup as fast, hard Dark Souls. Which calling it a hard Dark Souls is probably intimidating. It sounds very intimidating. Um, then there was your typical sports style trailer for MLB The Show Seventeen. It looks like a pretty. It's a good looking baseball game, but it's a baseball game. Um, it was a, a, a sort of narr- a sort of voiceover trailer for Horizon Zero Dawn. It doesn't really tell us much more, other than there's it's about discovering the secrets of the Earth. <laughs> the machines, and then possibly the highlight of the whole show, 
a really, really good trailer, if not really telling us anything about the actual game, for The Last of Us Part 2. Right, finally we get to the actual headline news of the yeah of the week. It's, it's a really good trailer if you haven't seen it. It's it's you know it's it's one of those sort of standard, not really. It's like just a sort of perhaps potentially a lifted narrative scene. Yeah, like you know being all filmy um, about it, but but it's but it's real good. And you know it didn't it didn't it didn't take me long to peg what it was, but no. like. Um, you know, having having come into it blind, just be like, "What's this?" Oh, awesome! But I immediately went from "Oh, awesome" to "This didn't need a sequel." Right? Yep. It so, like, it, ne- it doesn't need a sequel, but that doesn't no. mean it will be bad. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But like, it, I'm sort of disappointed as much as I am happy about it. If you know what I mean, it's like it's probably going to be a good, good, good game, and I and I enjoyed the narrative aspect of The Last of Us, but I wasn't so big on its gameplay compared to some people. Like you know, the, the stealthy. This was before I got okay at stealth, thanks to Metal Gear. Mm. So maybe I'm maybe if I revisited it, I'd be more okay with it. Mm. Um, but that that story just made so much sense on its own. That you know you're going back to yeah, Joel. You're it's going, a risk. It looks like yeah, you're going back to Joel. You're going back to Ellie. Is is it Ellie? Yeah, it must yeah, be Ellie. yeah, it's Ellie. Yeah, um, um, yeah, and it's like, well, what do you do now with with those characters in this world? It's I guess we'll see. Yeah, it had better be good. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's like I'm you, sure they you, know that. Uh, don't be don't be diehard five. Um, <laughs> Die Hard Five. It was shit before then. <laughs> yeah, Die Hard well, Four is okay. It's not shit. It's okay. No, it's yeah. It's okay. Die Hard Four movie. is enjoyable. Die good. Hard Five. Die Hard we caught. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even like two that much. So <laughs> <laughs> two is real done. It's no Die Hard One. That's for sure. Three was all right. Three's all right. Three's, pre- three's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's all the news I've got. I only really covered those things. I'm sure stuff has been going on outside, but probably nothing of interest compared to all of that. Well, that was a very long news section regardless. Yeah. So. Sorry about that. But so that's that... what happens when we have shows. There's been no news Apparently. of, like, I guess on, on, on the outside of comment, there's been no, like Microsoft, I think, did something this time last year. And all earlier... <laughs> And there's just, there's just been they've just done nothing this year. They've, they've done nothing. One can only one can hope that they are gearing up for some sort of big Scorpio push at E3, maybe or maybe later. Um, but you know they haven't they haven't done the extra show this year compared to PlayStation, who's done like two extra shows. Oh no, Microsoft had something in March, I think I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, they're they're they're, they're staying quiet. At the moment, because they only really had Forza and Horizon this year, I suppose. Forza Horizon, not Horizon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just uh, slowly turned Wait. around to look at Rob there when he said <laughs> Forza and Horizon. That... And I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what I meant. I meant Gears of War, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> You meant Gears of War and you said Forza. Gears, Gears of War and Forza. There are only <laughs> two real games this year on that, like this season. 
Right. Yeah, I'm done. Sorry. Let's <laughs> what have you been playing, Zeg? What have you been playing? I've been just playing a whole shit ton of Planet Case. I That's finished the I campaign. Good. <laughs> Is it good? I finished the campaign. campaign Got through wise? all those missions. I mean, were there any interesting scenarios or was it like, is it more of a creator ultimately tool? I mean, you're complaining about the, um, it not being much of a um, simulator or not complicated enough as a simulation of park management. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the the missions are like mostly not very complicated either. The only ones that are interesting are basically the ones that make you build a roller coaster with specific stats. And that's where like, the okay. last level is the only one that's actually good because <laughs> basically all the missions are just for building various kinds of roller coasters. Hmm. It's just like this is the roller coaster level, obviously, because it's in the King Coaster set and it's the last level of the game. It's all about coasters. Except I spent, I spent basically a very long time just building every other ride. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to set this up so I can have this really awesome park with all like all the nice rides in the middle of this like like square of path and it has a main street with shops on it and shit. And then the coasters can go at the end of the path and draw people out to the sides past all these other rides. And I did that, and it looked awesome. Except for the bit where once I got to building the roller coasters, I was like, I can't be asked to see all these ro- scenery, all these roller coasters. I'm just going to build them for the stats, and then be done. <laughs> then be right. done with this level. <laughs> be done with the campaign. And some of those, like, the last couple of, you know, the hardest missions on that level for designing roller coasters are actually pretty goddamn difficult. Do they Mainly not the... make you scenery, the roller coasters, <laughs> to get stats for the... Not really. Okay. It doesn't affect the stats very... I, I was, like, kind of disappointed when I discovered that apparently the terrain definitely doesn't affect the stats, I guess because that would be re- really hard to actually detect mm. right? From, from a gameplay perspective. <laughs> But like, oh, what, do, do, like when that that rock that rock arch we did on the video, yeah, yeah that probably won't, doesn't actually affect the stats. Although that had rocks in it, so those might. I don't know. Oh, well, it might have had scenery rocks. Scenery rocks, yeah. yeah. But like, I built a roller coaster where because the one of, this last roller coaster goal had like you had all these specific requirements, and one of them was like a hundred meter drop, and. I didn't want to build a hundred meter drop above ground, so I built like seventy meters above ground and thirty meters <laughs> into the floor because it has auto tunnel. Although what I actually did was I just dug a big hole so I could see what the fuck I was doing while I was building it, and then just filled it back in afterwards because it automatically leaves the tunnel when you build fill the landscape back in. But having it be underground has absolutely no effect on the stats, which is good because I'd spent way too long designing it. And then if I filled the train back in and it completely fucked the stats, I would have been real pissed. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that last roller coaster was a real pain in the ass because it's like you have to have this hundred meter drop, which leaves you going at like a hundred mile an hour at the bottom of the drop. But that was another reason why why I why I built like thirty meters of it underground because then you're like losing a third of the speed by the time you get back to ground level. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, good idea. So, so oblivion. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, like, the trouble is, like, it, the other stats it wants, apart from the 100-meter drop, you have to maintain an average speed of 35 miles an hour. So that means even after the 100-meter drop, you still have to be going pretty fast around the whole rest of the ride mm. to have it average out to 35, because that includes, like, the lift hill and stuff. Create the lift hill speed up to maximum to min- mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah, sure. Could you boost up the hill? No. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you could have, like didn't choose a roller coaster that had boosts. Mm. I'd only built several other boosted roller coasters. The trouble is, you like, because <coughs> it needs a 100-meter drop, I was like, that doesn't really work with a boost roller coaster. No. <laughs> it's a drop. You meant to have a chain lift and then a drop. 
so I did that. And then it was like, so you've got a hundred meter drop, you've got average 35 miles an hour, and then you've got to get it to eight excitement and less than five fear. And the trouble with that is that in, when you're maintaining a speed to average out to 30 miles an hour, you're like basically constantly at five fear. So you can't have anything that's too extreme. You have to make sure everything is perfectly even across the whole course mm. to make sure it doesn't go too high above five. And then like, oh, I may, maybe if I could use this small section of track to get, get, get down below five and average it towards five, but then I'm losing excitement. I have to maintain excitement at eight the whole way around. Mm. Except not really, because you get a big bonus from that huge first drop where excitement goes to like 12 or 13 by the bottom of the drop. Right, right. But then again, you're making that only really compensates for the left hill where you've got like shit all excitement. <laughs> mm. So yeah, that coaster was a big pain in the ass. It did look kind of cool in the end because basically in the way I had it come, I had it come off the giant ass 100 meter drop and it's basically going into a perfectly like semicircle curve under the ground because you know, I try to mitigate the g-forces to prevent too much fear so it's like it comes down this 100 meter drop into this perfect semicircle and then when it comes back out of the ground it basically just spirals inwards <laughs> like hmm. it does like a smaller loop <laughs> that's quite cool so yeah that roller coaster was kind of crazy and took me fucking forever the trouble was I got like I built this like I had the idea of like how I could probably get away with doing it and I built this whole thing with the the giant drop in the spiral and then like a couple of other loops and lumps and stuff and got it back to the station. And then the, like the first test run, the stats were like, it's 8.5 on excitement and 5.5 on fear. And then it took a million years to just try and really dodgily adjust individual bits of track over and over to try and average every count to get rid of those last 0.5s on both stats. Mm. And I was like, God damn it. That took so long. And I only just barely managed to pull it off. I actually sort of had to, not exactly cheap, but sort of do a thing that you wouldn't exactly do in real world cases where in the end I had the 100 mile an hour drop from the 100 meters was just too much. So it, on the on the way down the drop, I had like a trim break halfway down the drop that reduced speed by like <laughs> one mile an hour. And that was just yeah. enough to even out the <laughs> fear across the rest of the ride. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that'd be really awkward, <laughs> wouldn't it? It'd be jerky, wouldn't it? Like on a real coaster. I don't you'd know. Maybe you'd feel a slight deceleration. Yeah, I don't know what it would be like to actually be accelerating down a hill, but then have like a brake very subtly reduce the amount of acceleration you're getting on the way down. <laughs> be kind of weird. Yeah, especially if it's just like a single block of it. Yeah, it's just like one. Like, <laughs> well, it wasn't a severe deceleration. Yeah. It was like the minimum deceleration it could possibly have. Mainly because it wasn't in that block for like more than half a second as it goes <laughs> past mm. it. But I eventually got that to work. And then there was slightly easier ones where it like make a coaster with eight inversions but with not much nausea. And that's not as difficult as it sounds really. Instead of drop, does that mean you could just have like a gentler hill for For a hundred meters? Yeah, yeah, you could. Make this roller coaster infinitely huge. Yeah. But you'd still get a lot of speed after a hundred meters. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know how that would affect the fear, exactly. And building the roller coaster with eight inversions is like I don't, know if, I don't know if the way they calculate like excitement and fear and stuff works very well for making inversions. It's like inversions just aren't very exciting in them in their method. Yeah, it's yeah. like that's. Kind of, I think if you're upside down, you should just automatically get a bonus to excitement. Yeah. Rather than being only based on like g-force and stuff. Yeah, it should add something. I mean, it does a lot to nausea. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not the the be all and end all of a roller coaster because you know, was it Colossus has ten of them <laughs> at Fort Park, and yeah. it's you know, but but it's also not the smoothest coaster in the world. Well, I mean, Colossus it isn't, isn't Colossus the one where it just has the bullshit inversions at the end, where it's just like a straight spiral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't really count. It has, has like two extra ones at the end, yeah, because it just spirals towards the finish. <laughs> Just as a straight heart lane spiral, and it's just like that's that barely, and you're moving so slow at that point too. Yeah, <laughs> they just put those in just for the stack to get back to the to get back home, basically. That's what well, I guess to fill in that blank bit of track. Yeah, that is definitely the kind of thing you do in a roller coaster. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like hey, you get back to the station. This is yeah, what we do. We don't just spin it. <laughs> make a wheel. <laughs> Although in Planet Coaster, it's actually way more effective in terms of excitement to do like a little hill. Just doing, uh, trying to get airtime. Oh, right, I see. Yeah. Because airtime. Well, that's, that's what stealth does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's all about that boost to the big hill, and then you come all the way down the hill, and you get a little, little airtime hill. Yeah. Airtime is the one thing that makes the excitement go up super quick in like cases. Sometimes, like, exploitably so, where you mm. can just build, like, a really sharp hill and be like, <laughs> have some hella negative Gs, but the excitement <laughs> goes up to, like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a weird one because it's not. I wouldn't say there are many coasters that actually really abuse negative G that much. No. Well, it's because, probably hella dangerous. Well, it's because, yeah, it's because in real life that's not actually that good once you get past a certain amount of negative Gs. Mm. It's like they, I think in the specific term that they use in roller coasters is an ejector G once it goes over negative one. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And enough, enough to lift you out of your seat, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ejector G. I like that. I saw some stuff about Roller Coaster Tycoon World. Yeah. Boy, does yeah. that game look bad. Yeah. It's supposed to be terrible, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I hadn't really followed it at all. No. And, uh, you know, obviously with the two games coming out at the same time, I, then, you know, a lot of reviews came out for both simultaneously. And it was like, oh, let's check it. Let's see what this is all about. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, oh, don't get me wrong. They have some. They have some neat tricks. Like the spline-based coaster building seems like a, an interesting way of doing it. Like, I mean, it's not that different from Planet Coaster. No, 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 no. It's like it, and and they also have the old section, the old style section by section builder. Yeah, is is still there if you want to do do it in the in the old school way. But man, the bugs! So many bugs! <laughs> like just the the with some of the killers being the inability to put buildings down. Occasionally, it just says, "No, you can't put it here. This is a perfectly flat bit of land. There is nothing in the way. Why can't I put it here?" Yeah, like and and uh, people just sort of walking, even not animating while they're walking, and just sort of doing—I wouldn't even call it like was it the T pose, no. just sort of doing, just being in some sort of position. Some people flying through the air horizontally, like sort of laying down, walking at a ninety-degree angle. Yeah. It's it's pretty hilarious-looking game. But, did, but for all the bad reasons. I did notice that there's a couple of weird things that can happen on Planet Coaster when you load the game. Because I think the way it's so, like, go, the load loading state is kind of weird in Planet Coaster. Because sometimes you'll notice if you pause really quickly just as you load a game, all your rides play the opening animation where, like, the little fireworks go off on the queue line. Oh, okay, right. It's like it's loading it from some kind of <laughs> weird the, state. Yeah, the event, yeah, I see, like... It, I guess it would be like um, in in if you're talking like you know, like actual UI design world, like you, you tie animations to like or you tie if, if you're trying to make your UI look pretty, you tie that stuff to the state change of yeah. the data model. So if like if it's just picking up like open state 
and it's that's triggering an animation of some kind. She's just like, this ride has transitioned into open state. Must play my open animation. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable. But then I did all of those spot like there was. I loaded a game and <laughs> it's like I probably it's one of those things that you always navigate to spot. But I loaded the game and I just saw a group of people who were just like walking casually into the distance in midair. Like they, they just like got fixed onto a project into like a trajectory and that trajectory was very slightly upwards and just in a straight line and they just casually started walking into the distance, clip for a building, and then the game eventually was like, I got a minute, and then just respawned them back at the entrance. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like so, so, all got so, but it took long enough for you to notice it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit weird how they handle that in general. Like, if you delete paths, if you want to rebuild a path or anything, oh, and you, there's a load of people. There's a load of people on it. They just get well. Theoretically, they get they get respawned at the park entrance. But as I discovered one on one of the levels when I was editing stuff in pause, I think they actually get repositioned to the origin of the level and then the entrance. Because I deleted a whole bunch of paths, and then I was looking around to look at other stuff I was looking at, and I was like, hey, I mean, what's that over there? And there was just all the people were just floating in the air, just outside the level. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that's where they go before they respawn at the park entrance. That's pretty great. How did our previous games deal with that? Like when you, well, like rollercoaster, they, they just, just wandered around. They just left them there, and you had to leave an open bit of path for them to get to. Well, they so. could they could get back onto the path anywhere because it was mm. just like flat. But yeah, in Royal Case, okay, they just wander around in the grass until they found a bit of path or you pick them up and put them on the path again. <laughs> of course, because you can't, presumably you can't pick up punters. I think and you can. Them. Okay. I'm just not sure why you'd want to. <laughs> no. How's Chief Beef doing? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> did you, did you watch, have you watched the video, Dad? Yeah, Chief Beef. Yeah. Chief Beef. What a legend. <laughs> yeah. Much less it's, terrifying than the freaking cow bouncy thing. <laughs> that's the, like, oh boy, that, that was that's freaky as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so painful. Look out. And I've continued to like, at the longer you play it, the more you start to notice where the simulation is weird and awkward and like doesn't quite work. I mean, there's some stuff that is sort of, I guess you'd call it legit, I suppose, where like the food stalls are pretty much the most profitable thing in the park. Like they're pretty much comparable to roller coasters. Wow. That's weird. And it's like, I, I guess, guess that's, that's sort that of realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that, that is the, well, I guess in most, in most parks, you don't, you don't pay, pay for, for the ride. Sure, no, you mm. pay for your park entrance and then, but yeah, like but if you consider like all the running costs of all the roads and stuff, oh, it's, it's, the, it's the same with most businesses, actually most like, um, um, attraction, oh, family attraction centers <laughs> of some kind, or you know, we actually call them FECs in in the business. Um, they they uh, uh, yeah they they make they make the majority of their profit off off food and drink. Like if you can sell someone a Coke, that's not that's pretty much pure profit. <laughs> yep, Coke costs nothing to make. Yeah, especially post mix. Yeah, especially just a big jug of stuff yeah. that you pour water in. There was a point in time, I think, where the, where we found out what the stats were when I was working at the bowling alley um, over the road, and it was like a, a, a pint of post mix cost like half a penny to make. <laughs> so it's it's pure profit, <laughs> like yeah. So yeah, there's that. But then, as also the other thing that I've been noticing 
the more I played is just like they, I, I don't know if they need to do like a balance pass or something but like some of the raids just don't work in terms of making mo- any money at all and some of them literally just like don't make money ever there's one thrill ride where every time I've built it and left it on like normal kind of ride length you know the normal main sequence style ride length and normal kinds of prices it basically can only ever break even more or less compared mm. to its running cost because of the throughput rate of how many people it can load at once and how long it takes mm. and it's okay. just like well that's i mean maybe that's good for making people happy i guess <laughs> the service ride only for happiness not for actually making money and I have been considering maybe if you... That's one of the few rides where you can, like, shorten the main sequence. Like, its default main sequence is actually main sequence twice. <laughs> right, okay. So it's like, maybe if you half it and then charge less, maybe it can get more people through per month and actually make a profit. Maybe. But then there's one ride specifically, like, it's this giant Ferris wheel. And the, the sequence length that you can't change, because it's just the, just the Ferris wheel sequence takes so long that it can only do like one load of people per month and because it's also slow so slow that increases the queue time to like 45 minutes or whatever so no one will actually get in the queue so it never has a full load of people in that once a month load Hmm. so it's literally impossible for it to make any money (laughs) it just loses you money continuously as you are running it from running costs and it's like well this ride is real pointless (laughs) right and it's not even like it's going to make people happy because virtually no one will get on it because of the queue times. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't quite think that through. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just something you put in to make your park look a certain way. And sure. Like, like, I mean, it, um, looks, it looks pretty cool. But then just make the sequence shorter. Like, the thing is, they don't have to replicate... The thing about the like these ride games is they don't have to replicate a full sequence in my eyes. It's like, coasters, sure, it makes sense to have the full sequence because you know, you're making a coaster yeah. game. But like some of these like flat rides, like surely you could just simulate it taking like half as long or whatever. Like you know, you just fudge it a little bit. Well, I mean, they already you don't do. have to make it one hundred percent believable. Like I don't have to be in this airplane for four hours. I mean, sure. I think that like with this Ferris wheel, it's like I'm not even sure why the sequence takes that long. I mean, it moves really slowly, so it, like maybe they are like the animation sequence requires it to go once all the way around. It's doing a proper unload load. No, it's still doing the same way they fake it. Oh, maybe, it maybe that's maybe that's the, the problem. Start. If they had modeled well, sure. It. If they'd done it like yeah, if they'd done it so people could get on it continuously. Continuously, mm. as it was going round, that would probably solve the problem in itself. Because then a few times would be non-existent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would definitely solve it. I think, like, you know, if you're doing a Ferris wheel, you have to model the load correctly. Yeah, that probably would help. And it's just like that ride being so terrible, and you start. There's a lot of little things that nobody who likes a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's for families. Who likes a Ferris? I mean, well, I suppose the London Eye is a and really a, bloody big Ferris wheel. Well, it is a big. But... It is a big one. It is a really big. It's the biggest of the Ferris wheels you can build. <laughs> There's like two. There's a slightly smaller one. It, it's a pretty cool one because it has. It's just like a circle, so it has a hole in the middle, and you can oh. put stuff in the hole. <laughs> okay, so you can have some scenery floating in there. Hmm. I don't know if you could train land, build land into it. Maybe you could. Build a pathway and put chief beef in there. Yeah, exactly. Just have a <laughs> middle of the circle chief beef in there. <laughs> Call the Ferris wheel like a burger patty or something. <laughs> the donut pa- burger. It's, it's a donut burger. <laughs> That's what it is. But there's a lot of things where, like, 
they, it, I guess it sort of hints as it in one of the loading tips where it says specifically like moving the entrance and the exit can improve the time it takes to get people on and off the ride. And it's like, well, that's kind of obvious, but also it's actually really important because like when people, the trouble is that when people get on, they run like excitedly yeah. into position, but when they get off, they walk really slowly. <laughs> crazy and, most of the time, I guess. Well, I guess. But the, the, the trouble is that the way the game simulates loading and unloading it can only do one at once like the gate for loading doesn't open until every single person has left and the gate for unloading has closed all right so your exit gate needs to be properly closed yeah it needs every single person has to be out Mm. so depending on like the shape of the ride and like where the people board and exit you have to be like okay so all the people are going to get come down this stairway off the raised platform or whatever of this ride so the best place to put the exit is right Right, there to get them out as soon as possible and then the entrance doesn't matter so much because they run Yeah, and then just build an elaborate exit queue if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, that's kind of, it's not very, you know, it's not entirely obvious, but once you realise it's like, oh shit, I better pay attention to that because it really slows down like the loading and unloading sequence mm. if you don't account for it well enough. And it's sort of the same thing with roller cases. It's like, you always want to put the entrance and exit in the middle of the station because then it's equidistant from either end of the train for people to walk to. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, because you're not, and you, ideally, you want them to load on one side and unload on the other, so you can put it in the middle. Because if you have load and unload on the same side, then they have to walk down the station to the exit. Yeah, I suppose in some ways, yeah, that's where the simulation aspect of that is a little bit uh, too rigid. Yeah, it? exactly. Because, yeah. Like, if it's you're like they should co- just have it. So if you're doing a coaster design, you'd have people guiding you to spare seats, right? So you wouldn't have that moment where everyone knows. Like if you build it, like in your case, you're putting the entrance in right in the middle, and because the AI knows where everyone's going, everyone just goes to their seats. Well, right? I mean, you don't have a confusion phase. They fill up in order, like the entrance, the like the seat lines on the cases. They fill up from the entrance. They run into and line up in those little like railing lines oh sure but the, yeah, the first so, yeah but the first person out of the queue immediately knows they go in the front the second person out of the queue sure. immediately goes the second but that's how it works in real life usually well not, every, not everyone likes to ride at the front I'm, 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 to, be, to be fair I'm, I'm like a middle of the coaster rider because that's where the physics feel normal it's <laughs> like you know, if you're at the front of the coaster like and you go over the edge of a hill it's ages until the tail catches up so you're sat there for a while with weird ass well that depends how well the roller is designed because no, but that's just where the center of gravity is, right? It's just like of the whole thing. It's like you're not going to get so much forward momentum until the rest of the tail it catches up. It depends on like the speed it's going, or like if it already has momentum when it's going over the edge of the hill. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it makes a big deal at slower speeds, and that yeah, and, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I generally like being in the middle of the coaster because it feels to know it feels more predictable, maybe. Mm. But yeah, I think it's like they should just uh, they should allow people. Really, they should just have a, maybe like a couple of seconds wait when people start unloading to get them out of the way, but then just allow people to start loading immediately and then not start the ride until everyone's got out the exit. Mm. So people can get on, occupy the empty seats, and then once the exit door closes, then the ride goes. That would make way more sense and be a lot quicker. <laughs> mm. Still. That in itself is like, like that's an interesting, in a weird way, that's a kind of an interesting wrinkle that I'm glad is there. Because like, I, like you've got me thinking now, but actually quite a lot of flat rides suffer from that load-unload problem quite severely, right? Because then when, they, when they're landed, 
like say that like they, they take up the, this this giant circle of space and there's always the faffery at the start of like where's my seat where yeah. are we gonna sit <laughs> gonna have to run all the way over across the other side and yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone beat me to it. yeah and then it's like oh we can't all sit together now what do we do uh well i'll go over here where's the spare seat anyone got a spare seat <laughs> yeah it's yeah that, that faffery happens quite frequently so it's like yeah it's interesting in it in, in as, as little as they've modeled it that's kind of an interesting little wrinkle but they've modeled it in like too harsh a way mm. Too much of a hard cut between load and unload, and yeah, there's other there's other little things like that. And it's it's interesting because I've you know I've I've read and watched several reviews on Planet Coaster after your judgment of it. Yeah, and, you know, I just wanted to try and see if anyone else is sort of agreeing with your stance on bits of the simulation and things like that and <laughs> but most like, people don't give it this is the thing yeah I, I, a lot of the mainstream reviews just do not go into that level of detail no. and it's like you know they just say i think yeah, the euro gamer good. one said that the same as okay said. yeah mm. it but, like, then, it's great from creation point of view but as a park simulator because like, like you know i saw some of the reviews and people will be like oh the park manager you have to go and promote people and pay them and it's like that's not actually good though yeah that's like the bare minimum that's <laughs> what i mean yeah I've, I've definitely seen multiple reviews where that has been pointed out as a positive and it, and and obviously you spin it as kind of well it's just something you have to do yeah like it's not it's not positive it's actually it's, sort of tedious at a certain point yeah <laughs> Especially since there's no way to like multi-select staff or whatever. Mm. You can't just be like, everyone re- gets a $5 raise or something. There was one I saw that specifically picked out the fact that when you're doing that, there's no way to do it. Like, there's, It would be nice if you could do some of that stuff from the list view. Yeah. Rather than having to go into, it, it, I mean, into the individual panel and then do stuff and then go back to the list. And sort then- of you can, kind of. Like, when you have the full list open, you click on to highlight one guy, that list doesn't close. So if you have the other window open on the other half of the screen, you could do that and then still... Be able sure, to click on but the they were, like, one. saying that because the numbers are right there. And you the should list, just go be able to click just, up and down on that. Yeah. Yeah. That that would streamline the process significantly. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I've been watching other normal people, I suppose, <laughs> playing <laughs> on YouTube. Non-reviewers. Yeah, non-reviewers playing on YouTube. And that's always... Hilarious and so, 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 like frustrating. <laughs> Are you one of these people? Like, this came up in on I think uh, an old game trailers, not game trailers, Easy Allies podcast. Are you one of these people that cut? I find myself increasingly not able to watch gameplay videos because I'm sat there the whole time going, "Oh, it's right there, you idiot! Like, <laughs> yep. Do that thing that is super obvious right now." Well, it's pretty annoying like... with the giant bomb people, to be honest. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is that some of these ones I've been watching, it's just like. We're probably no different, in fairness. Why, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't know it. Yeah. Well, Zeg like usually he's... knows if he's played it before. Sure. If we're doing one of those specially guided ones yeah. and not a blind play, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like you have people who... who... Well, the, the biggest problem with the YouTube method of making videos and stuff is that, like people try and rush it too much because they're trying to fit it into an episode or whatever. And then they... They think that they've worked out how something works, but they've actually interpreted it wrong, and then they never realise to fix that problem. So it just like compounds itself <laughs> over time. Oh, right. Like one of the, I'm not going to, going to name names, but I think anyone who's watched this video series will absolutely know which one I'm talking about. But there's this one guy who's playing this park, and he basically built 
an incredibly good, well, a pretty damn good roller coaster for his early Parkes phase, and like a log flume. And there's sort of a semi bug about log flumes and, and rapids where they're just inexplicably always super popular. Hmm. <laughs> but that, that's sort of relevant. Although that's actually kind of true in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Like the, the two log rides they have at Fort Park are always rammed. It's because it's hot in summer. Well, true. Yeah. But like he built this roller coaster and log flume right next to each other. The queue paths start right next to each other and the exits come back onto the path right there. Mm. And he's using the minimum width path. Right. So basically, it's just a huge mosh pit of yeah, people yeah. stuck there. So no one's getting anywhere. So no one's getting anywhere. And I think it's it, like, it's so bad, but I think the way the game works has actually like compounded the problem itself. Because I think what's actually happening is people are trying to go to one of these popular rides they get to the entrance. The queue line is, of course, completely full because it's super popular. Mm. <laughs> and there's so many people there that are always trying to get on, so it's always full. They go, oh, look, I can't get on this, right? The queue's full. So they try and, try and leave. But because there's so many people there that are slowing them down to stop them from getting anywhere, the way the game, like, the AI of the customers kind of works is, like, uh, if they don't have a specific goal, they'll try and go somewhere. But if they see something more interesting along the way, they'll, like, divert to it. Mm. But because they're not going anywhere, they're just seeing the other ride and then trying to go to that, and that's full. And so they just get stuck in this endless loop of never actually escaping the visual range of these oh, two rides. wow. <laughs> so they just walk in circles. So they're just stuck there forever. Huh. And it's really funny because he's building this park and he's built all these other rides and roller cases all over the place and they never get any traffic. And he's like, I don't understand why, why aren't people coming to this bit of my park? I've got 3,000 people in this park. And it's like, yes, 2,000 of those people are stuck in like a 10 foot area <laughs> and can never leave. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I did, it's like once he pointed out that he had 3,000 people in his park, I was like, Jesus Christ, because everywhere else is completely deserted. It's just like there's that many people crammed into that tiny square. <laughs> that must have been really interesting. Like, it must have been a real strain on his video card just looking at, like, how many people are here? And, and, you know, where it becomes ridiculously, like, frustrating to watch is, like, almost every episode he looks at it and he's like, look at this ridiculous marsh pit. I should probably do something about that. And then he just goes and builds more rides. <laughs> it's like, just delete the path and rebuild it wider or something. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been interesting if you could you could buy like um cue boards <laughs> like and, like just just as an extra side like you know you know how like some theme parks now they have like yeah here's, claims. Yeah, here's, here's, like, here's, here's the what estimated queue like. time elsewhere in the park so you can sort of make a plan as you go yeah it'd be that, interesting if that would that was something you could put in and then people would stop doing that circular motion <laughs> yeah if the queue's full then they won't try and go to it or something hmm. that would make sense yeah mitigate it like if there's one nearby they'd stop going to that queue or something yeah or stop making a beeline for it but yeah that's the kind of thing you get on the youtube videos where people think they know something but they don't actually have realized what the actual problem is <laughs> it's human nature though isn't it everyone's made an assumption yeah we, we make assumptions on patterns that we think we see even though they may be wrong oh i thought it worked like this because this happened to me yeah that kind of nonsense yeah so Planet Coaster. Yeah. It's still, you know, pretty good. I'm like, Putting in the hours, though. Well, yeah. And I finished, now that I finished the campaign, it's like, do I go into challenge mode and build a park completely from scratch? And yes. Like, well, I mean, yes, but the question is, how fancy do I want to be? 
the I fanciest. Ha- well, I'm trying I, w- to- I want the classiest. All right, do we need to set you some 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 themes? Do, do, <laughs> well, we, need, do we need to set you some goals? The here? trouble is, there's like, only four themes that can be. Well, no, okay, maybe not themes, but well, you can sort of muck around a bit. A little you can, bit, but then that yeah. just takes so much goddamn time. Well, this is part of the. You've got a lot of goddamn time. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to spend it just making one thing. What do you reckon, Dan? I want to. I want to see a, a gentleman's theme park. You know, <laughs> the, the the classiest theme park, the most top hattiest. Okay, so like a kind of <laughs> monopoly monopoly themed sort of. Want, yeah, monocles. <laughs> monocle themed <laughs> and horse racing. Don't okay, that's exactly how like work did that go. Because not really much you can do for themed rides. Like I was trying to think about the themes that are in the game, where they're like, like pirate and like fairy tales slash castle. Mm. It's like what rides even fit in these themes out of the selection that there are. Obviously, you have the swinging ship thing for the pirates. Yeah, and I guess the teacup sort of sort of goes in the fairy tale slash castle yeah. zone. But there's a lot. Of you, things- could, you could like, if you could model those teacups as barrels, and they could go in, in pirate. Yeah, but you can't. Everything's <laughs> barrel. They're just teacups. Yeah. But then, you know, there's just the generic, like, here's a swinging arm with seats on it, or, or the cube. The cube. It's just like, it doesn't really fit in any of the fantasy-esque themes. It has to go in the space theme. Yeah, I guess. The sci-fi theme. That's the catch-all for basically all the thrill rides. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of awkward. But then, I've always thought that, actually, about, to some respect, about, about like, Thought Park, right? Their theming doesn't make a great deal of sense in places. It's like... Okay, yeah, I don't think so, so they have. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's like their names are, are in direct competition with their theming. Like stealth is the perfect example of this, right? Because it's in the American area, like the sort of I don't know, a bit Midwesty. Yeah, and then and the ride, it, it, the ride is called Stealth, and has this like super like high high tech sort of logo and stuff like that. But because it's in the American area, they don't have to like theme it to be like oh, it's like Speedway. <laughs> so, so the, the like the thing is like a car, well, that, just... and, it, and it goes and drives away, and it's like it's no longer anything to do with the the word stealth. Well, that's just a really bad decision. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, a, it's a terrible should... idea. The name obviously came way before they realized what they were going to have to do with it. They obviously it's... in the American section call it stealth. They should have made it like a military thing, like the stealth bomber. Yeah, should have been like a fake military base. Yeah, with an <laughs> that would have made way more sense. <laughs> but obviously, probably. Can't just make a military theme be fine. That's, <laughs> that's probably bad for other reasons. <laughs> I bet loads of people yeah. come if it was in America as well. Yeah, probably. The gun theme park. <laughs> that would make tons of money. <laughs> Disneyland but with guns. Well, that would be great though, because that means they'd have to have an arcade with like all of the time crises. Yeah, any gun game. Yeah. I'm going to point blank alley. <laughs> so, welcome, welcome to Area 51. Yeah, but then probably the people would get upset when they didn't let them bring real guns into the park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'd be like, but my guns. I'm allowed to carry non they, they have to, We can't let you bring a grenade launcher to the shooting range. They have to have, like, it's legal. <laughs> no, they have to make it like ridiculously hardcore and make it so that like at the entrance of the park like the ticket booth or whatever they just have like a gigantic like gun locker 
just like normal lockers that you get like in a swimming pool or whatever <laughs> where you deposit your actual guns and you get a fake gun that's based on your actual gun that like fires a laser or something just like or like man that would be so difficult <laughs> to like actually police right because then the yeah no it cause... wouldn't actually work at all no because someone if someone just painted their gun like well, or, know, or 3d printed a gun like, in, like white gun, or something fake guns like... are always like that though aren't they like you have to have the orange tip you could just paint an orange tip on a real gun <laughs> yes but that's how it works <laughs> but it doesn't work that's how it works in real life oh. but yeah that would be cool like everyone can just have a gun in this street park and it's a fake gun if you in the entire game's laser quest and when you leave you get a score yep you shoot each other constantly Standing in line, just keep shooting the guy in front of you in the back all the time. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> this this sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Man, that'd be a great mod. Like so if this laser quest was like laser quest, where things you could build in Planet Coaster, right? And then you could just make a whole like just put the whole park inside your laser quest game. But then I bet, I bet it wouldn't model them playing Laser Quest and then like no. like going on a ride whilst they're in the middle of Laser Questing. All it would mean is that you might have people milling about, and then in between them, there'd just be like people running around with guns, <laughs> like, yes, throwing paint grenades at each other. In Laser Quest, in Laser Quest, yeah. <laughs> Someone accidentally thought it was painful. Brought a paint grenade. And that's that. Anything, Anything else you've been playing? No, just Rocket League and Team Fortress. This week. Cool, yeah. Well, yeah, I was about to say, like, we've had a... There was a free weekend for Overwatch, and there's been a free weekend for Titanfall, so Zach and I played Team Fortress 2. And how's TF2? <laughs> TF2. Right. Uh, when, so, you, when you could get a good go. Yeah, this was the thing. So this was my first exposure to the, the matchmaking update. Uh, where the, the meet your, they call it Meet Your Match, is yeah. that it? The Meet Your Match update. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because I'm beginning to think that game is aging and not necessarily in the be- in, like <laughs> beginning to age. Years. Yeah, I know, but it's like it's it's now starting to age in like it's aging. It's finally aging in a way where I can look at it and go, "There's better now." Um, like you know, but I'm I'm sort of coming at it going, "Yeah, but Overwatch specifically <laughs> Overwatch, know? which was yeah. designed, you know, after after Titan failed and everything, and they were like, well, we have all these assets and stuff.' They must have been like, well, TF2 is fucking awesome. Let's see if we can beat that." Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm so, I'm starting to get that point where I can't help but have that have that <laughs> feeling about TF2, but because you know the, the matchmaking update seems relatively solid, apart from the fact matchmaking t- takes quite a while compared to other matchmaking services. Um, like Overwatch, like, like you know, Battlefield, like you know, games. But like they that. must it, be it dependent seem... on like player, on you know that that's got to vary not just with the algorithm they use, but also with like who's who's playing the games and stuff. Yeah, so that like the the player counts aren't tiny. In fact, I think they're bigger than. Well, we'll get to this, but spoiler alert: Titanfall Two. I think they're still bigger than that. And um, no one's uh, playing that game. Yet. But 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 actually, but the matchmaking still takes a while, and then the interesting it does give you some stats about what's going on. Like that, that compatible players number is the bit that strikes me as odd because that number always seems real small. Like, oh, I've only found fifty people, fifty compatible players, and it's like, what does that even mean? Is that people like 
in search right now that it thinks are decent ping or decent skill levels. Well, it, because like, it, it must be something like that. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it says like there's 3,000 people in servers. Yeah. So, and obviously you can't match right with them. Yeah, and it says like, oh, you've got like 6,000 nearby or something or 10,000 worldwide. And it's like, it seems like the majority of the Team Fortress players are in Europe, if that stats to be believed. Well, I mean, that but, depends on the time of day, probably. Maybe. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't thought of that. But yeah, it's just like, and, and you know, and we we were like, we're obviously Rob was level one, and I hadn't played that much, so I wasn't. You were like level, level five, level five yeah. yeah. So we're obviously, we were matching with like the lowest end of the player spectrum, maybe. So the majority of the problems, yeah, the matches were were very walk one sided walk it for for a lot of them, and also there was a lot of quizzes. And that they then don't get replaced very fast <laughs> because um, of matchmaking takes ages. Yeah, so it, it had issues that you don't perhaps you wouldn't normally see on the old community services with with or with auto balancing, sorting everything out every death. Yeah. Um, uh, that said, I didn't think they did a ter- they do a terrible job of how that thing is presented. I quite like the sort of the door closing animation and the. Um, you know the, the round one hangers and the fact that it actually now gives a structure to the game so there's like a proper winner and loser rather than you know how like t- you know community servers sort of have that or tf2 always until this update kind of had the problem of you just play until the server time runs out and it's like there's no real winner loser you're just playing each round as it comes well, kinda, I mean, and it's, like it, it does sort of, it does loser on how many rounds you won overall it does sort of yeah but <laughs> it does sort of add up but then you know, it doesn't necessarily on on some game types, that's not necessarily fair because it might kick out early or something because the server ran out before you played even side each team or well, most of the time like the that, servers or... are configured to counter that. Yeah, like some of the time. or whatever. Yeah, it does, it's it like the server goes on forever because it yeah. just tries to play two rounds and the rounds never fucking end. Yeah, it doesn't happen all of the time. Or you'll like get an attack defense game and it will play the attack side and someone will play the defense side and then that will be all that happens on that server and it will move on. Yeah, you know, the attack defense is the one that's more so, normally more popular. So it adds an a needed what I, what is a nice layer of uh, you know structure to the game modes that should have fair uh, sides and the new UI stuff at the top of the screen to indicate that and you know the uh, player status and stuff like that are quite well done um, but the matchmaking just takes too long and as it stands right now it's just like it, your enjoyment entirely depends on whether people just stick around. And you cannot trust people to do that. <laughs> yeah, I still think that it seems like that just might be like the problem of starting at low level because presumably, like, not many new people are starting playing. Yeah, any longer. <laughs> you might so, be right. You might be right because it did suck for quite a while, and then got better as our session went on. Like towards the end of the end of the day, we were getting some pretty good games. <laughs> but that still might have been a coincidence. It might have. Yeah, it's entirely possible that it was purely coincidence, but. It was kind of interesting going back to TF2 because I now kind of suck at it. Like, but then sort of after a while, I realized once I sort of got my bearings again, it's like, oh, actually, I know everyone else kind of sucks at yeah. it. <laughs> it got to the point where it was like, oh, no, actually, like once I picked it up again, it's like, oh, no, no, we're, this, this, we're pretty good at this. <laughs> or, you know, we are competent at this, I should put it. But you can't carry an entire team. No, 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 no. <laughs> The team is complete shit. You're still going to, You're still going to get walked. Well, you might, yeah, you might be dead too long, and the other team just backcatch you immediately. <laughs> or like, you know, it can still happen. Or like, no one's watching the rear. 
No one's actually on the point. No one's standing on the point. Oh, these sentry guns don't actually look anywhere useful. Ah, oh, what are you doing? No one ever stands on the point. Yeah. Still. Yes, yeah, so the team photo. Oh, it, they and they've made some of the like the options I used to have to edit in in an ini file or whatever they used to their config files. They're now just in the game, which is nice. Like the, the ability to like muck around with the hit noises and have a last hit kill noise, and it's all sort of configurable. Like, see, they give you a set of sounds to pick from, and then you can change the pitch of those sounds. So at the moment, I have a very dramatic kind of death toll bell that plays whenever I kill someone, which is super satisfying. <laughs> so, like, you hit someone, it's like, going, I've even changed the ding noise to something a little bit less belly. So it's like a bit more beepy. So it's like, beep, 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 beep. and then when you kill someone, it's like, dong! <laughs> it's like really satisfying. So Team Fortress. Yep. They've, they've Fortress. done some stuff to it. It's what a game. Do you, do you reckon it's time for Team Fortress 3? I do. Yeah, maybe. They'll never do I that. The, I think the, the time has definitely come. I don't think that's on the cards. It should be. It's too old now. TF2's too old. Yeah. They'll I just let it, let it die. Eventually. And then make TF3. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rocket League. It's still been playing that. The next patch is actually finally been announced. Oh, has it? What's and in it? Absolutely, as I 100% pre- predicted, that octagonal level is getting an actual skin. <laughs> oh, right, so that's going to be pushed into rank. Yeah, it? that's going to be an actual level. Yeah, okay, that's kind of okay. That's fine. I knew as soon as that level went into Rocket Lads, I was like, this level is way too easy it's and obvious. Too, yeah, it's too normal <laughs> enough. If Tokyo's in there, that will go in, right? Yeah. So that's coming with a singular DLC car. Space-themed. It's basically on a halo, is how they're how they're feeling it. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'll do. I'm okay with that. Still, no word about the end of season three, though. Yeah, it's been going on a bit too long now. <laughs> we want our whatever weird blue thing we're going to get. Now yeah. that we got the blue rank. Yeah, we got there. We got. We did it, boys. <laughs> with a bit of help from a rebound. <laughs> well, yeah, that that is helped. <laughs> Although apparently, I hadn't played. Somehow I hadn't played solo rank for so long it de-ranked me. Like it's you have to play two more placement matches to recalculate your rank again. And mm. I'm like, wow, I didn't realise I hadn't played solo for that long. Mm. <laughs> the trouble was that every recently, every time I tried to play Rocket League by myself, I'll start off in casual and I'll be like, okay, if this goes well, maybe I'll go into solo. And then my internet keeps this going. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I should play rank then. <laughs> Just been having this annoying internet disconnection problem again. I'm starting to think it might, might be the stupid home hub. You're getting those weird spikes, aren't you? The, the upload lag spike. Well, well, that's a different thing, because that yeah. only happens in Team Fortress, as far as I know, where it like lags on the up, but not on the down, so I can see everyone moving around, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, and then you, and then on the, on the speech, you start getting a bit fuzzy. And, but I can hear it. you, and it's yeah. like, what the fuck is even happening? Yeah, that that only seems to happen in Team Fortress, as far as, I can, as far as I've been aware. I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm very tempted to buy a new router. Yeah. Just, just buy a high-quality yep. quality router, because it's not just... It, it's it, the problem actually is when I'm wired in here, it's fine, but the Wi-Fi for work is just not good enough. Mm. It has a tendency to disconnect. This laptop that we're talking to you now, we're very lucky we've lasted this long. In fairness, <laughs> um, because it has a tendency to um, yeah, no one's saying her iPad keeps yeah. It's probably the same thing. What happens is is that every now and then you just lose the internet, and I have to disconnect from the Wi-Fi and reattach to it to get it back. 
Mm. And it's like, so I, I will probably just buy a high quality router. Yeah, what's been happening like, on, on the home hub that I'm using is just like, is why I think it's the hub is what it's, I don't know why it happens, but it always happens in the exact same way, which is like the, you'll be doing something like in the middle of watching a YouTube video or whatever, and you'll, the video will stop and you'll be like, oh, the internet's gone. And it'll be dis- you, it will disconnect from the internet, but you can still, you're still on the wireless. So I'll go to like the hub manager screen and I'll be like, yep, that says disconnected. Oh, right. Okay. But then what will weird. happen every time is it will try to reconnect. You'll see it say connecting. It'll try to reconnect. It'll fail. It'll try to reconnect again. And then midway through that one, the wireless signal drops and the hub restarts. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's always the second reconnect so attempt. It just sort of goes, no, this is pointless. It's just like, fuck it. And it just gonna... restarts the whole thing. <laughs> I love that the, the router has its own thought process there because it goes, ah, screw it, we're doing it, we're going all in. And it's like, I it just, I don't know what, why it's doing that now, why it started doing that. And, you know, you look at the event log and that's not actually helpful at all. It just says, oh, like, user requested restart. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Yeah, we, we used to hear stuff about that where, like, when, um, like, especially in some of the early days of broadband, where the routers were so bad that they literally didn't have enough RAM to maintain the maximum cache that they were set to, like, so their DNS would fill up. Yeah. And then they wouldn't be able to load any new websites because it'd be like, well, I don't know how to get to that. My cache is full. And it wouldn't clear its cache to make room for the new stuff. Hmm. It's like that used to be a really common thing. But you'd, you'd think they'd work through it by now. Although, we, you know, our routers are pretty old now, in fairness. Yeah, I'm on a, I think I'm on a hacked home hub free. I'm, um, I'm on that five. That's new, the newest hub, but it's. Are you on the new, new hub? It's not. But new, not not the smart. No, hub, not but... the not the new home hub five. The old. Yeah, that should that should be a good one. It should be, but it, it like I mean, it's lasted quite a long time, but now it's just started developing this problem. Yeah, recently. the BT hubs are generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people recommend the new smart hub if you're on BT because it's like a free upgrade for most people. Yeah, but, I was like, thinking about seeing if we could just get some kind of like free up or like cheap upgrade before yeah. I go out and straight just buy an actual one. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the thing. I was I started looking at the problem is is that rabbit hole is actually quite weird because it's like okay, how much of this is going to make a difference? It's like because you then start getting into the point of oh, this router is advertising itself as having a quite powerful dual core processor in it and well, smeg like, tons, smeg tons of RAM. How and, much configuration do you actually want? Well, like, I, don't, I don't, how precise I, do you want to be? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want I don't want that much <laughs> configuration, but it's like how much does the power of the router demonstrate to like you know just come just come across well, as decent the, Wi-Fi? Like that's the same problem. <laughs> probably none. Yeah, that's the same problem as like when you're buying the like wireless card for your computer. It's just like you can put quite a lot of processing power on that thing, but does it really make that much difference? Yeah, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. So I've basically landed it. If you're getting some, if you're going to like, if you're going for a high performance router. Like probably 150 quid is yeah. probably what you're thinking about. I mean, that was back in the day when I used to live in the house with you, and we had that Belkin router. That was like 130, and that was a pretty bang of good router. For, I, I can't for even remember that one. It was like just grey square. <laughs> the grey square, okay, <laughs> with two arrows. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, no, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fucking decent router. Yeah, you yeah, know, we kept that around for ages. Get something that looks like a stealth bomber. That's what apparently you need now. Yeah, <laughs> with like multiple. Problems coming out the back of bizarre. Need many aerials. Yeah, my fucking wireless card on my computer has three aerials. <laughs> Jeez, and I still have to point them away from the graphics card for it to maintain a signal because <laughs> of that problem that I have. <laughs> Poorly shielded graphics cards. Yeah, apparently. Are you clear? Yeah, I'm clear. Dan, have you got anything? Did you want to go before me? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, or you can finish. It's up to you. No, it's fine. I played. Uh, well, I played more Civilization. I played another game, but and I lost unexpectedly, which was hilarious. Oh, oh no! I was like, I was playing along, um, going for the science victory because Zach criticised me for going for domination victory. The first <laughs> I didn't criticise you for going. Yeah, because you were like, oh, you won. Oh, but it was like domination. It was only domination. I was like, yeah, but like it was a bit weird in that first game because I started rolling over people and I was like, well, I might as well carry on. And yeah, then it just happened. I mean, if you, I, if I didn't, you get wasn't to the point where you easily yeah. do a domination you might as well well that's the thing i think that is definitely the easiest easiest by quite a long way because it takes ages to get to the science victory for example i think the culture victory is pretty hard um anyway so i lost um unexpectedly as because i wasn't paying attention obviously um i was halfway through getting to the moon or whatever and then i suddenly lost a religion uh oh. <laughs> yeah and it's like god damn okay so apparently this is a thing in civ 6 so it, yeah. i can report that the patch did make the ai more fun to play against in terms of <laughs> normal stuff but um uh, and are they, I, what are they are they slightly more unpredictable do you mean or slightly less exploitable or well they're slightly less hate you for no reason uh, uh, right, but they yeah. still, they still like, um, so that's a bit better. But I still had people, this time I didn't declare war on anyone. Uh, but as soon as they declared war on me, I fought back, obviously. Uh, mm. And then they were like, and then, then when they start suing for peace, I was like, yeah, fine. Yeah, all right. I'll try and be like peaceful or whatever. But then, yeah, what I should have done is crush them because um, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I failed to notice. Well, I, quite, I quite like playing this game like, well, I'm a nice guy, sure. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to murder all you innocents. And so it's I like, could... no, that's not how this game works. It's like murder the innocent. Well, it's like it's very rarely beneficial. It's like if you haven't already defeated them far enough that they can actually give you something worthwhile as a payment mm. for peace, <laughs> then maybe yeah. you keep them alive. But if they're, if they're like, oh, I can give you 50 gold if you stop killing me, it's like, oh, just kill them, take the scene. Yeah, then you make more than 50 gold. That's what I should have done. So I should have been more <laughs> real politic and just carried on crushing them uh, because I didn't realise the danger that there was one Civ that had um, converted all the other Civs to their religion. And the way it works is... Um, if half of your cities are their religion, then they win. Or mm. half of all enemy civilizations or cities. Is it ha- half of all cities in the world? Or is it like half, like if they have half no. of your civ, you technically count as their religion? Yeah, half of your civ and half of every other civ. Mm. That okay, means they gotcha. win. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically what they do is they send floods of apostles or whatever. And I've been basically ignoring them apart from the fact that they're very annoying. And that worked fine in the first game, obviously because I managed to kill the civilizations before they won the religious victory. But in this one, because mm. I was heading for science, I failed to notice. And I didn't have that many cities this time around because last time around I was conquering and keeping them because I didn't realize that they were so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to realize and started to raise them or whatever and only keep the good ones. But in this one, I wasn't conquering, so I just had my nice big cities only like six of them or something or whatever um and of course that that only takes three that needs to be converted for them to win and i Mm. didn't notice um so i was like i was like is that that something you can easily see or is it like you really do have to be looking for it yourself well you can see their missionaries coming over but it's quite hard to see what progress they've made towards it or unless you're paying Mm. attention because the city uh, the city bar with then with the name of the city 
has like a religion logo on the right hand side, but there's yeah, a logo for each religion. Five, so you'd have to pay attention to, okay, that's Buddhism and they're coming and they're gonna, or whatever. And the, there's no, and the way I was playing, because I was like, I don't care about religion, I'm not gonna research religion uh, or build any units or anything or any faith generating sites or anything oh, you, so you so you, so you didn't have no any defense, defense at all yeah, yeah yeah and i didn't realize i needed some kind of religious defense um uh, so well, that was the where that's the question yeah i suppose you don't need it if you're pushing fast enough down your own path but but that yeah. was where it was awkward into five when you when you had religion was just like you had to actually claim a religion in the early mm. game of Sophia, but if you didn't, if you didn't, you didn't make get it one. to religion in time to get one, you were basically fucked because yeah. then you had yeah. to like adopt someone else's religion. Yeah, yeah. I never got to the point where that killed me off, though. <laughs> like it, it was, it was irritating because you didn't get the benefit. Yeah. So you need to found your own religion, and then, uh, as far as I can gather from reading forums afterwards, you need to found your own religion and then have the Inquisitor units. They're really powerful at like negating enemy religion <coughs> so mm. you don't need that many of them apparently you, you do need to mount a defense so you need enough faith to <coughs> get the inquisitor units but they're really powerful at countering so i, yeah, I haven't done it obviously because i didn't know i needed to but apparently you just wait waves. for the you wait for the waves of enemy ai apostles to go over your cities and then you just use up your in inquisition and it gets rid of it um, it's kind of the way it used to be with like spies where it's like yeah. if you, even if you weren't using spies offensively you wanted a couple defensively to oh, yeah, be yeah. in position to be counter spies that's the same as well so I had that too where they kept um, sabotaging <coughs> my industrial zones and I had to have my own spies based in my cities to do counter spying but the spy thing is much more clear i think in this because you get like notifications and stuff and all the spy events and stuff whereas a religion mm. thing you can ignore it sort of and then i suddenly lost and it was really confusing because i was like you know i had this big civilization i was working towards the the you know building spaceships and stuff and then suddenly it cut to a video of like my city's in ruin or something and i was like yeah <laughs> this doesn't make any sense and it was like defeat and i didn't know why or how i was defeated it didn't even it doesn't, say doesn't give you any warning no there was saying. no warning it should um, tell you like it should be a pop-up i guess i guess it still wouldn't work if you had a, like a small enough number of cities but it, it should be like when you reach like 60 percent religion it should be like oh shit look out but yeah, if you've so, only got like six cities, that wouldn't actually work because you'd go from like 70 to 50 immediately. So I can't really decide what to do next time, whether to try and mount a religious defense, which I can't really be bothered with assistance, or just crush anyone who tries to do that, which I think might be the easier way, and then and then carry on with my otherwise peaceful march towards science or culture. Hmm. I don't really know. But anyway, that was annoying. Not quite as annoying as the UN, though. That's still nice. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. No, they got rid <laughs> Thank of that. Thank God they so. got rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's if I will play another game. Um, well, it's good, but that was annoying. Um, they obviously didn't patch that part of the AI. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've played much else. That took quite a long time. <laughs> Well, yes, Civ does tend to take yeah. goddamn forever. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> go on then, Rob. Go How on, are we Rob. doing on time? 
God only knows how we're doing on time. What was the time I say? I can't read from here. Uh, we are quarter to three hours. Quarter to three hours? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Oh. What have you been playing? Hurry up. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I've been trying to think what I have got to talk about. <laughs> You've got um, to talk about. That's yes, that is, I, I believe, the one thing I really need to mention. Uh, I've been playing Titanfall 2, and I've been playing quite a lot of it. Go on. It's a pretty good game. It's a grower, I would describe it as, actually. Um, and, it, and, it, and it is, at the moment, it is my game right now. It's just like, oh, it's, it, it, I mean, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. But it did take me a little while to get to that point. So, uh, yeah, so it's a difficult, I'm having, it's a difficult one to really describe, really sort of land, really, because the, you know, I was a fairly big fan of the first game, but the first game I thought had some longevity problems and that, you know, it was, it was, you know, I think we all felt that, that it was just kind of, it didn't necessarily have enough to it to hold you for as long as I think I wanted it to. Um, and that was partly down to the, the sort of slightly lacking variety of guns, um, slightly lacking variety of modes maybe that were actually fun. And, um, uh, yeah, it just, it, it, there was, and, and not quite enough, just not quite enough <laughs> was the problem. Even when they added all these extra maps and stuff like that, the extra maps weren't, weren't as good as the ones they launched with the original game. Um, uh, things like that. But the weird thing I found when starting to play Titanfall 2 was that I immediately looked at it and thought, well, that's, that's different. I think I preferred that from the first game. And I did that on quite a lot of things. Like there are elements to the presentation where I think, well, I think the first game did that better or like little things like, you know, how you look at it and you'd be like, well, like the text isn't, is, is in a different font and things like that. And I thought, I think it's like a weirdly cheaper looking font now, <laughs> you know, um, uh, like certain, certain uh, style elements. Like when you get in the Titan, like it switches to third person camera temporarily rather than picking you up and putting you in its chest in that's entirely just, in first person. That's just inherently terrible. Yeah. You that, shouldn't switch between first and third person in a game at all, really. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean there, are, there are some games where that works for it, but in this one, I, I don't, know why they did that i think it i i, I think it definitely pulls I mean, they, it. there's something they wants to show off the animation but it was actually cooler to have the animation happen from first yeah person. <laughs> i totally i mean that there's there's one animation that i think actually benefits from the third person perspective because you might not see it happen i think but or it would be or it would feel weird from first person that's the one where if you're behind your titan underneath it between its legs and you embark from there your pilot does a, does an awesome slide between its legs well, and then you get the picked up from game. it. But but you know that you 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 don't have to activate the slide no, it, like it does it for you. Like um, it still had that animation. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Like, whatever, it's cool. It probably um, wasn't as extreme as it is now. Yeah, <laughs> they it's probably like, amped it up a little bit. Uh, like it took me a while actually to notice that the when you get in your Titan, it's doing that cool thing where the panel was sliding because you're not you're because not that, seeing it as your view. You're no, seeing it like a transition. It, it happens <laughs> and it happens way faster than it used to. Like so, the the, well, the mean, sort of I the guess, impact of you suddenly being in a Titan kind of is lost a little bit. I mean, maybe that was um, also because of the gameplay because it was kind of like you had a second or two where you couldn't fucking do anything because you couldn't do anything, but because you couldn't fucking see what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> and the screen's turned on. And, and there, there is still a bit of that, but that's masked by the anim- the third person animation and then a fade to black. Yeah. And then a fade back. It's like, it's not as cool. It's not, it's definitely, it's definitely not as cool on that, on that front. Um, 
Uh, yeah, there are certain irritations, like especially in the multiplayer side, where you, you join a faction now, which, as far as I can tell, means absolutely nothing. Um, and but the, the problem, but the problem with it is, is that at the start of every match, when you're in that faction, you get the same intro chatter mm. every match. Like it's not even like this faction has several different things they say. It's like no, it's always the same thing, and it's like. You, you probably could have splashed out in a couple more voice lines here and, and it would have been way better. Um, that said, once I'd got over some of that, oh, and the, the Titan loadouts, like it took me a while to go, none of these loadouts are the same as what they used to be. Where's my machine gun? I just want a machine gun. Give me a machine gun. And uh, yeah, it, it's not there anymore. And it's um, not in the multiplayer anyway. You can still get that kit in single player, but in, in the campaign. Uh, yeah, so there, there were just elements of it where I'm sat here going, this I remember. But then, after a while, the more you play it, the less you care. And then you find the strategy that works for you, as you do with a lot of games, or you find something that you, you gel with, which took a while. It has to, it has to be said. Like, there's, you're presented with more options, you're presented with more gun types, and it took, it took a while for me to land on a Titan loadout and a pilot loadout that I felt I was playing well with, but now I've landed on that. Oh boy, this game! <laughs> it's like suddenly it oh, turns it around when that moment happens for you, and you're like you start having good games, and you start feeling like you're in control, and you're starting to get like the movement down, and you're um uh like getting used to the bounty hunt game mode in particular was it was a big deal for me like because that that game mode kicks ass it's that game is a lot of fun and i'm i'm currently deep in it and i sort of that's all i kind it's it's one of those games where at the moment that is all i want to play like i should be going back and playing shovel knight which i finished by the way and i probably should say but there's nothing really to add to it other than it ends pretty well um the music requiem for shield knight is pretty great um uh, uh, but yeah, that, that 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 thing has free DLC that I should probably be playing. But I don't want to. I'm playing Titanfall, and I want to play more Titanfall. And a bit of me is like, oh, I should probably play a bit more Overwatch. Probably get used to Sombra. No, I want to play Titanfall. <laughs> well, apparently you need to play Titanfall before everyone stops playing it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, okay, so I should I should address that as well. It's like the the the, the PC player base isn't big. Um, it's clearly not big. Um, but it has always been hovering around the somewhere between seven and ten thousand players uh, on my data cent- center. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's the London. Right guess. It says it's in London, so I haven't bothered to look at where the other centers are. If there are multiple Europe centers, but you know, on the London center, at least it comes up with like yeah, seven thousand people on online right now, and that has never been a problem for getting into games. Hmm. Um, like not in any playlist I've tried, it's always been fine. What's a little confusing is that it like like when we were playing Team Fortress, it had like this compatible players number that was like really low. Um, like when when you're in mid mid matchmaking search, it will say like oh I've, there are like a hundred people in matches right now, and it's like that's a weird thing to say when I'm searching. Does that mean you're is it a hundred people in matches that I could be joining, or is that a hundred people in in matchmaking? right now or is that a hundred hundred people in this playlist right now like it's it's not it's not clear what that number means um 
So I don't, I don't really want to see it in a way. <laughs> it's like, it, that seems real low compared to the, the other things I could be looking at, but it's, it's not been a problem for me right now. Um, which, which is, which is great. I just want to keep going. Like, it, mm, mm. <laughs> it's pretty great. That's, that's long, the short of it. It's pretty great. Um, uh, and if you're a listener of the Bombcast, the giant Bombcast, the what what Jeff Gerstmann recommends is it has has pretty much been my favourite way to play it as well. Tone. Which is get the <laughs> yeah get the get the tone Titan, which is cool because it's a little bit like one of the original loadouts. Um, in that it's got that sort of forty mil cannon, and like the nice pating 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 cannon, uh, and. Uh, uh, but but every time you hit someone with it, it, you get a little bit of lock on. And if you hit someone three times, you then have a full lock, which means you can then fire a missile salvo, uh, rinse and repeat. There's no cooldown on your salvo, so as long as you keep getting locks, you can keep firing missiles. It's it's a fun way to play. It's marked as like a three star difficulty titan, but it's the one I do way better at than with anyone else. Um, uh, and it's it's more enjoyable because it feels a little bit more involved with you having to like do this combo and things like that. So it's uh, yeah, have a good time with that. And also stim packs, great. Yeah, yeah, it's just fun suddenly being able to run nearly twice as fast <laughs> and just go woohoo! I'm flying, baby. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm having a great deal of fun with it. And um, but I had the similar sort of sort of transition with the single player as well. I thought it started out fairly slow. Almost too like oh, you need to get used to the running sort of gameplay rather than actually doing anything clever with it. And to be honest, like it, it got to the I'm I'm not far past the halfway point of the campaign. Um, but I can safely say that when you reach that halfway point, that middle mission, that's a great mission. And and people like the reviews and the what I've been hearing. Like I haven't had any spoilers, so I'm. I'm, I think uh, I can only hope for good things that like that 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 it just keeps getting better and better as you get towards the end of the game. So it's like get it to that halfway point, and then you'll see something neat, and then you'll see something else neat the next mission, and then you just keep going. And it's like okay, I'm I'm in. It took longer than I thought to get to that point that people were raving about. But you got there. But I got there. And then and then suddenly it's like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. I get why everyone thinks this is a great, great experience and why people are calling this the new campaign benchmark and ridiculous quotes like that. It's Yeah, there's something to this game. There one hundred percent is. Um I mean it run it runs it runs brilliantly on my machine. I wouldn't say it's like the best looking game in the world, given that we've had games like you know, I think Overwatch does a way better job with its art direction. I think Battlefield One is clearly the more technically superior game in terms of its look. Um, you know, but it is improved since the first game. Um, doesn't have a ridiculous decompression installer. <laughs> <laughs> Not thirty-five gigs of uncompressed audio, or maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like 42 gigs installed, but it's like, it's not nearly, like, you don't have to sit through that ridiculously long process that the first game had to install itself. Um, uh, it's generally, it's it's very, very good. Very, very good. But you, you, I, I think you do have to be patient with it at first. 
but just stick with it. Get to that point. Get to that place. And you'll understand. Yeah. It'll click. It's even got to the point where, like, even though I found my, my, my favorite way to play, it's like even the other ways to play are now sort of, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm, I, can in, I can at least explore the other ways to play and not feel totally terrible. But I still always end up coming back to my, to my good tactic, to my, to my setup. Yeah, great game. If you're thinking of going in, definitely do so. Especially like if the PC one may have a limited lifespan, we don't know. Uh, and just to be a hundred percent clear, because you know some people I've spoken to have had confused opinions about what will be free uh, with with this moving forward and what will end up being paid DLC. Um, Respawn themselves have clearly stated fairly recently that everything that affects gameplay, so that includes maps of which they've already released a, a new map. They, they re-released Angel City this weekend, and that level's pretty great. It's from the first one, but yeah, it's back, and it's it's, it's a good level. Yeah, the, 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 all maps, all weapons, all new kit upgrades, anything that you can use that would affect your gameplay experience will always be free um, for owners of Titanfall 2, and it's only like cosmetic stuff for... Prime stuff that they've been, they've started calling it that's going to be paid. So if they do add new to- new Titan loadouts like the machine gun and stuff, like all the rocket launcher that you see in the single player but aren't yet in multiplayer. Once I guess once they've balanced them properly, we'll see them in <laughs> multiplayer, and then and then that'll be good. But everyone's going to get those, so do not panic about that. You're like you're you're in for the long haul if you buy Titanfall with no 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 need to buy expansions, right? Which is a good thing, because maybe they'll crank it out faster than bloody Overwatch is. <laughs> maybe. In its defense, Overwatch did put out a new map, but it's only for their like um, either three on three or one on one, last man standing style modes in the arcade. So it's it's not really it's not really a new map for the main game. It's just for this little thing. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got to say. We can, we can, we can, we can be down there unless you get like, because I know you were thinking of going in on Titanfall, and I yeah, well, if I upgrade my PC a bit uh, next year, then I might go. Your my... your machine can probably run it just fine. Probably, it's like it's, yeah. not, it, it's it's not really pushing any requirements. This game, yeah, and it, and it does have like adaptive resolution and the other cool tricks up its sleeve. Yeah, to keep frame yeah. to keep frame rates high. Yeah, even on. Yeah, I, I think this might be the first time I've seen a game that actually specifically says I have adaptive resolution on the PC version, and you can specify what frame rate you want to target with that. Yeah, it's like yeah, if you dip below sixty, start start tweaking some settings, please. Mm. Um, uh, it has it has that stuff all baked in, which is which is nice. But although I've never hit it, <laughs> I've never gone anywhere near it. I've always been well above the sixties, quite mo- very, you know, hitting my normal one twenty mark. Yeah, so it's that's what I want. It's good. It'll it'll run just fine. <coughs> yeah. So next year for that, that'll be good. Okay. Um, that'll be it then, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I, I will have more to report on that as I as I progress. But right now, I'm loving it. Loving it. Well, get get on time for two listeners and then get, there'll be more people to play with yeah and we'll PC catch version you solid. soon for another <coughs> sidecast yeah 
Uh, what, what have we got coming up in video land? Um, I think we've got Sonic Heroes to do next. Yep. Um, we've got another the start of the Team Rose story. <laughs> Same as all the other stories. Uh, <laughs> we'll go up, uh, and then I don't know what I'll do next. I guess I suppose I have to go back to our secret video project. Yes. <laughs> See if we can get that out. That would be good. Looking forward to that. Oh, it might be a end of year special. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Christmas gift for you guys. Right. Uh, and we'll be back for another standard telecast uh, in a couple of weeks. So catch us then. Thank you. Bye.